You you get fancy with chicken nuggets. I just put them in the microwave. Are they dinosaurs? The, these are not fun shaped. But next time I I need to restock, I should definitely look. Tell me yeah. to make Avengers ones or something. And this is just a big missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah, there's not a whole lot of like tie in licensing that they're doing. <laughs> For, you know, like, vegetarian substitute meat products. Oh, there was a ding. <laughs> All right, so that's one out of the way. Let me let me go turn okay. it on to the broil, and then that'll save it a little bit. <laughs> I was just going to say, if they have children's-themed ones, do they have adult-themed ones? They have, like, <laughs> s- s- some dick and balls and some boobs. <laughs> like, Is that what you want? You want to put a dick in your mouth? <laughs> In the form if of a chicken, a chicken nugget. If it's a chicken nugget, I'll put anything in my mouth. <laughs> you heard anything it here. Yeah, I was say, that is on the record nugget. now. That is... As long as it qualifies as a chicken nugget. <laughs> See, I mean, if it's a chicken nugget, I don't care what shape it's in. <laughs> I feel like there's so many places we could go with that, but there I think is. just just the fact that we have you on record saying, yeah, I'll put a dick in my mouth, that's, that's good enough. <laughs> if it's a chicken nugget. <laughs> Wow. You were gone for all of like I 12 can... seconds. And things <laughs> I, I thought just coming, all, all, all the first thing I heard was something about like, it's a chicken nugget that's good enough for me or something along those lines. I yeah. thought that was fun enough, but wow. <laughs> Mike's Listen. forgetting that I'm the one that edits this so I could take out the chicken nugget part and just leave it. <laughs> I like to have dicks in my mouth. <laughs> I mean, that would be a dick move. <laughs> but... <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Bry Guy and His Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is Andy Stoles. What's up, podcast people? And Mike Bradley. Gold Leader, checking in. And Josh Zorch. Mr. Movie Slut, checking in. So, we I'll are here. We now, we, we now live in a post-Avengers Endgame world. We are, we are past the Endgame now. So, if you couldn't guess... Uh, this is me setting up the fact we're going to be covering Avengers Endgame. This is the 22nd movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It is the culmination of 11 years worth of storytelling. It has broken all the records that it could possibly do in, over its opening weekend. I'm going to try to run through just a couple of things. There, there is a big list on, on Box Office Mojo, so I'm going to try to go through them quickly. Uh, so we have largest Thursday previews at $60 million. Beat Force Awakens fifty seven million. Widest widest opening in far as far as theater count. Uh forty six sixty two. That's what she said. And yeah. Uh previous record for that was Despicable Me for fifty forty five twenty nine. <clears throat> so this has largest Friday opening day and single day at one fifty six point seven million. Previous record was Force Awakens one nineteen. Has largest Saturday, largest Sunday. Saturday was 109, previous record Infinity War for 82. Largest Sunday is 84, previous record Infinity War for 69. Domestic opening weekend, it hit 350 million, which is about 50 million more than what the projections were saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, Infinity War was the previous record at 257. Um, 
what else is relevant here? Largest April opening, spring opening, PG-13 opening, and 3D three-day gross, which again is the $350 million, I guess, for that opening weekend. Um, fastest to $100 million, fastest to $150, fastest to $200, fastest to $250, fastest to $300, fastest to $350. All the way up. All the way up. Just yep. go. <laughs> uh, international opening weekend was $859 million, which crushed Fate of the Furious's opening weekend, which I guess was the previous Good. record holder, at $443 million. Thank you, China, opening at the same time as everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> Worldwide opening weekend, it hit $1.2 billion, which beat the previous record holder of Infinity Wars, $640 million. That is insane. That is literally... Double. Double. Thank you, China, for being there for opening <laughs> weekend. I think they were close to four of... Uh, like 400 extra million. I and mean, th- set- having five times as many people as the rest of us. Oh, yeah, yeah. They damn well better be. Yeah. And then it set records for 4DX opening format, 3D opening, IMAX opening, all the different formats you could see it in. So it is crushing everything. Currently, it is at worldwide 1.4 billion. And that's six days after release. That, that means in... The four days, well, three days since the one point two billion, it's made almost two hundred million dollars through a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yes, mm-hmm. that's so. Just crazy. I guess before we we get into really our thoughts on the movie, the 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 way the top ten overall worldwide right now is, Avatar is still at number one, two point seven billion worldwide titanic is still holding down number two 2.1 billion and these are the as, as far as i can tell i'm looking at the same page these are the not adjusted for inflation numbers correct, yeah, correct. Gone with so the this wind is, is still the adjusted for yeah yeah later. yes but t- like titanic even over a couple separate like special re-releases and anniversary but still two almost 2.2 billion in hard dollars stemming mostly from 1997 that's considering, impressive. Considering like the top ten is all mostly modern movies from yeah. twenty twelve and up. Yeah. Avatar's two thousand nine, Titanic is ninety seven. From yeah. nineteen ninety seven, it's still on the list. It's um, gonna be there a while. Force Awakens is number three, currently two point oh six. Infinity Wars number four, two point oh four. Jurassic World's holding down number five. This is where it starts to separate a lot. There's one point six for Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. Avengers, the first Avengers, one point five billion. Furious Seven is still those overseas <laughs> markets for this movie is still up there. Hate those damn movies. Hobbs and Shaw's a billion dollar movie. <laughs> it could, you know that would not surprise me to be honest. Um, so yeah, uh, Avengers was one point five one eight. Furious Seven is one point five one six. Endgame right now is at number eight overall, six days after release, one point four eight. It has surpassed Age of Ultron's 1.405. Black Panther is still sitting at number 10 at 1.346. Oh, Josh, I just realized I pushed out Harry Potter, Deathly Hallows Part 2, to number 11. It did. It, you know what? That's the, I, I would much rather that be the reason it got pushed out <laughs> than goddamn Furious 7. <laughs> well, I, so, I think it'll get pushed it, it held out in a the top further, 10. maybe twice more this year. Yeah, F that. But it's, uh, I mean, it held held in the top ten for coming up on almost eight years. 
Yeah. So yeah. that makes me happy for fanboying on that. So um, yeah, I, I I mean, I what are you guys thinking about the numbers? Like, I I, I don't know if I should be skeptical, like over optimistic about how much better it can do, or if it might plateau out sooner than I think. Yeah, that was sort of leading to my question. Do we think it's enough to take down Avatar? Because I think going into this weekend, a lot of people were saying this could be the one movie to do it. I think we're going to have a better idea of that after this coming weekend. Because um, it's all about the legs that it has if it can take Avatar down. It's still, you know, it's made $1.4 in six days. It's halfway there. It's halfway there. But usually the drop-offs start and how steep they are will tell you how severe... Uh, or how great it, the movie will do, right? Yeah. Um, so I mean, up upcoming over the next like even all the way through Memorial Day weekend. Oh yeah. Um, like I I like there's a lot of people who like John Wick, for instance. That comes out in a little over two weeks from the time we're recording this. Yeah. But that's an R-rated movie. It's not gonna do. It's not gonna detract all that much from people who like haven't seen this movie yet or were guessing on second viewings. I, I, I what, what I'm trying to get my headspace in is what was there so many people who maybe only saw infinity war once in a theater who just happened to come out this opening weekend for Endgame, Uh, and that's the only time they'll ever see it. So is it just like a, a reallocation of the people who would have seen the movie once anyway from maybe seeing it in like week two or three or four into opening weekend? Or is this possibly indicative of since so many people saw it opening weekend, does that increase the chance of repeat viewings? Well, I mean, it, of course it increases the chances of it because all that. Um, I, I think one of think, the big things... Do you think that'll play out though? That, that that's still to play out for it is that it hasn't even released everywhere yet. Um, I, I think the biggest market it's not out yet in is Russia. Uh, oh, Russia still allows movies. That's nice. <laughs> I don't know much about it. I know when I I don't know much about that end of things, but I I do know that um, when I was reading about it, they specifically mentioned that it had yet to release in Russia, and that it was like it was either May first or second, I think. That it okay. was actually like so. It was today or tomorrow that it was gonna get the release. So Russia is, that... is a pretty damn big market, but I don't know yeah. what their you know box office kind of market is like because I don't know how big a deal uh, a movie about American superheroes will be right in Russia. Well, I know I'm gonna try uh, as hard as. I can to help the movie along because especially with our AMC subscription, since we don't pay anything extra for other formats or repeat viewings or anything, any anytime I go back to the theater, the studio technically like can clock that they made X amount more dollars. So if it's a ten dollar ticket, I go back for you know viewing three. Let's say seven dollars of that ten goes to the studio and that goes to the totals um so i know i'm gonna do that and and speaking of which i'm looking it up right now as we're talking uh that big d theater <laughs> that we uh talked about at, at eric's uh, i'm actually surprised the a nighttime like a seven o'clock friday night showing for that theater is only nine bucks that's not bad 
for an adult ticket, no. So, like, I thought it'd be, like, much higher, like, premium format, like, IMAX, 3D, Dolby. I'll get the big D for nine bucks. What, the the, the big D? Yeah, what what, what the (laughs) hell are you guys talking about? (laughs) You talking about Dolby? Are you talking, what Nope. They're, no, Josh. Josh told me over the weekend that there's a theater that's literally called the Big D. There's there's a format that AMC carries, like they say, like Dolby branded cinema theaters, uh, for instance, and whatever they call theirs, like real 3D, 3D theaters. There's a format. IMAX is a format. There is a format they carry at about two dozen the- of their theaters around the country at AMC. And the branding is called Big D. Um, someone probably got a bonus for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what? Where is the Big D? <laughs> the Big D is really wherever the individual <laughs> wants it to be, isn't it, Mike? Is it? But actually, the closest theater is Just in... Just say in your uh, pants. Everyone's waiting for the pants joke. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, the closest one, as far as I can tell, to Pittsburgh uh, is at the Ohio Valley Mall in, I don't know if it's Steubenville or area or something. St. Clair- Clairsville, Ohio. It's about 40, between 45 and 50 miles away from, like, say, central Pennsylvania. They also apparently have one at a theater in Altoona as well. So depending, like, if you're, like, a little bit further east in PA, if you're a listener, you know, if you want to take the trek out to try something different that's there. But uh, I don't know why it's not necessarily at a uh, wider arrangement. Now, is that similar because to, Because like, it's the named D- the Big D. <laughs> is, that, is that similar to, like, the D-Box experience at, like, a car mic? I, I don't think so, because they actually, if, if you look at least through AMC's site, like, the different types of things that they... um. Uh, what am I thinking? Uh, that they advertise for, they did have a, a few. I think it's a small handful, but they do have some D box theaters at some of their places. Uh, but no, this one they, I don't know, something about they say like it's even larger of a screening format than IMAX. Whoa! They they literally describe the screen as being wall to wall, floor to ceiling. That's a big D. That is a big. <laughs> that's the biggest D. Uh, so I'm not. We're actually. We have nothing to do on the slate for Friday night. I'm thinking about seeing if Sarah wants to make the drive out. We might try to check this out, especially for end game. Two like, days from now, great. Friday. Yes. <laughs> we have nothing. That's to, a big yeah, drive. To do. <laughs> for. Everything's got to be big when you're going for the D. That's true. That's true. <laughs> As much but, as I want to see how long we can keep this joke going, <laughs> back to the time. question so we at hand. Definitely go back. Yeah. <laughs> question at hand. So, yes or no, Avatar. do you think this will beat Avatar? Yes. I'm I so agree. Skepti- I'm so skeptical to say yes because if Star Wars couldn't do it, and like watching the culture that exists around that, like I, I almost understand titanic and and titanic held that spot for 12 years before avatar yeah so i almost understand titanic it was a huge jump in computer animation cgi and storytelling and it was a romantic historical story there were so many cross markets of people that came out to see that especially multiple times 
And Titanic was in theaters for like 11 months when it yeah, first came not out. Movies that do that. Movies don't do that anymore. They don't stay that long. No, they don't. And it, it, it was just out for a very long freaking time. Avatar is actually more of an anomaly to me. Like, granted, I saw it in theaters. I thought it would obviously look cool. I was curious. I'm shocked that so many people came out for Avatar around the world or multiple times or whatever. I I don't know how it did it. Like, I don't see the Wasn't it like mass appeal. The birth of the new 3D technology coming out of that movie. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it was like, it had that stigma on it, even if that I, 3D technology is kind of lackluster and doesn't really change movies much from high-end yeah. cinema anyways. But that was that was the way it was marketed. It's like, you have to see it in the theater, you have to see it in 3D. Yeah. So, so 3D that, ticket sales alone... I think helped that movie. Were a lot, yeah. You figure it's probably the majority of then. what people bought. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're I, I, you're definitely not wrong. I bet. I guess I'm surprised. Like you, regardless of that, you still need mass appeal enough for that to happen. And I'm just surprised that it actually worked out that way for that. So I don't know. I, I'm so skeptical to to say that because if if Affinity War couldn't do it, and and Star Wars Force Awakens couldn't do it, they they couldn't even beat Titanic. Well, the funny thing about Star Wars is Avatar. it doesn't play as well internationally. China hates Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. So the majority of Star Wars money is domestic. Okay. That's, yeah, that's Star strictly Wars like people in the U.S. and stuff had, it, die uh, for Star I mean, Wars. But everywhere else, you know, you could take it or leave it. And China fucking hates it, so they don't, they don't buy anything for Star Wars. I mean, it looks like Endgame's definitely going to beat it as far as, like, Force Awakens domestic box office. Right now, it looks like it'll go down. Okay. But... Force Awakens did almost a billion domestically. It was like nine and something. I don't remember the exact number, but it and that that was way beyond any other movie domestically. Yeah, domestic nine hundred and thirty six million. I think I'm going to hedge my bet and say that I feel confident of, that Endgame has a great chance at surpassing Titanic. I, I think it's hands know. down going to be Titanic. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to make Avatar. There's a big jump. After you've already done two point, almost two, $2.2 billion, it is a hard big jump to get another $600 million. Right, yeah. I'm struggling that, really that, hard that is to hard. get back to the big D on that. But um, <laughs> uh, I, I think and that's what I was saying about like this coming weekend. We're just going to have to see what this next weekend for it does. If it drops off by 60%, it's in bad shape as far as that goes. If it drops by 30%, it's going to crack it real quick. I feel like typically movies drop a, around 50%. That's the standard, weekend. yeah. Yeah. There's also, I wouldn't be surprised, as much money as it made opening weekend, I wouldn't be surprised if there's still a lot of people who didn't go Number one, because that's not their typical movie-going behavior. And number two, they didn't jump on the game of getting some advanced tickets for opening weekend, and they saw big crowds, and they're like, okay, I'm just I'm just going to wait till that thins out a little bit. So there might be, I'm trying to like talk myself into this, there might be m- way more people than I think that haven't even seen it yet. Well, you got to remember there's I can people see like a little us bit. that have reserved several seats for the weekend. Well, yeah. yeah, that's true. Bra- Bratton, how many? What was your count between like Thursday and Sunday? Uh, I got up to three. Same. Okay, Sarah and I, I got I, two. I tried for four on number four on Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Matt and Elena were trying to fit it in before the baby arrived. 
but uh, it all came down to Hannah not taking a nap, and they couldn't go oh. Sunday night. So, well, we can always have this for Hannah to listen back to, so she knows why her yeah. parents didn't make it to the <laughs> biggest movie ever. Elena's not bitter at all. Not not one <laughs> bit. There are a lot of people at my um, job that are are big into comic book movies and stuff, and the, I would say ninety percent of them have not seen it yet. Just to avoid the crowds, is that? Yes. Okay. That, right. That's what I used to do. I honestly, for Avengers releases and Star Wars releases, I go and deal with that opening weekend crowd. Anything else, I just wait. I won't go with the heavily crowded theaters. I, I don't like it. That's the thing. I'm thinking the drop off might not be like I think it's going to be less than fifty. Like I think maybe forty percent, thirty five might be pushing it, but I think it's going to be a, a lot less of a drop off than than normal like I, I at least into the second week i think it's gonna have legs i think for the for ex- the exact reason andy was talking about yeah i i think you could see 1.6 to 1.8 by the end of this coming weekend and after two weeks if it's at 1.8 avatars in big trouble i honestly think at the rate it's going for the amount of people that i think could still potentially see it this weekend it could cross the two billion mark this weekend that would be insane it, like if it, if it got that far, that would be crazy. But at the rate it's going, you're right. It's I mean, at you 1. think it's 4. only what five hundred million from two billion? Shit. I don't. I think it. And we're at Wednesday, so I definitely think that's attainable after another weekend. Yeah. It's fair. It's possible it could cross Titanic this weekend if, if we're getting at that. Because if you say another hundred million tomorrow, well, not hundred million. Whatever it is tomorrow, and then you've got three whole weekend. That could be big. I don't know. Yeah, hopefully the month of May is very kind to this movie. I know I will do my part and try to see it a couple more times. Yeah, I mean, I, I, not until after Memorial Day weekend, where you get back to having something as big scale as like Godzilla, right? Um, I mean, well, Aladdin opens Memorial Day weekend. But I don't, yeah, I guess I, by, especially by that point, I don't see a whole lot of people who are like, well, I haven't seen Endgame yet, and I really would like to. Hmm, Aladdin is out, though. <laughs> Aladdin's newer. <laughs> at that point, yeah. Like, if they haven't, especially, like, for folks who haven't seen Endgame yet at that point, like, they have a, and that was, again, a smart move to push it back one, you know, one week from the initially announced may 3rd date and push it back one week they gave themselves four weeks of pretty much non-competition yeah oh uh, yeah yeah there's a few movies i want to see in may but nothing that's competition for this other than godzilla until godzilla hits i don't think they have actual competition godzilla is what yeah. like the 28th or something it's the very end of the, the month. 31st yeah, yeah. 31st. it's the last friday the 31st so like you have tolkien next week and like i said john wick after that and aladdin the week after that but i i yeah i, I don't I, there's nothing that is going to be like if you don't want to see endgame you're not going to see endgame yeah any of these point. other movies are not going to be like well they're going to do one or the other like now you never wanted to see endgame in the first place right yeah um all right so this movie I, th- I think it's safe to say is epic in like every sense of the word. It's something I think we've all sort of been talking about off and on since we saw it opening night. We're finally just sitting down officially to talk about it. So as we try to do with most of our movie reviews, we're going to try to give some 
spoiler-free thoughts before giving you our spoiler warning and going into more details. Um, I feel because I feel like we almost have to talk about this movie with spoilers. It's very very hard to sidestep a lot of these things. Um, so the way I'm just going to sort of phrase it: if you were going to tell people about this movie who haven't seen this movie yet or are deciding if they should go check it out, give us your your quick sort of review. It's the perfect culmination of eleven years worth of movies. Yeah. The Russo brothers wrote us a love letter, and we loved it. <laughs> Not wrong about that. Um, I mean, I, I would obviously have to caution people who haven't seen a vast majority of the other films at this point. Um, there, because of the structure of the movie, it's very integral that they're to have the best experience with it. It's very integral that they have good familiarity. I've had a good amount of people. A lot of the movies that I that There's I know very that were little that they could chop out. That were talking about going, and they, a lot of them confessed they hadn't seen Thor two, and then immediately I'm like, well, I think you might want to check that out before seeing this movie. Yeah, maybe it, it's a part that could be important. You never know. Well, there's a, yeah, I mean, I think it's safe to say there's a lot of callbacks to, like Andy said, it's a culmination of 11 years worth of movies. So there's a lot of callbacks and references to previous movies. If you've watched all that stuff sort of religiously like we have and you're going in with that knowledge, I think a lot of this stuff pays off for you. I think you'll enjoy the movie that much more. Yeah. Um, if you're coming just from Infinity War to this one, I think you'll like it. But I don't know if it'll hit you as hard as some of the other, like, you know, having, being with these characters for 11 years. And having all this shit happen to them in this movie, that's, I don't know, there's something to be said about that. It's its a, its a unique way to, st- to have a story be told. Very much. And I don't know if we'll get a chance to, I mean, even going forward for the MCU, I don't know if we're going to get hit this hard like this. I'm really curious how they're going to top this movie ever. Yeah. Um, Take it as a dare, yeah. please. Do it. <laughs> uh, I don't know, any other quick Thoughts. I think it's safe to say we all absolutely love it. I think it's highly recommended on it, on all of our lists. Um, I've told some of my coworkers who, like, I went into work on Friday, and some of them were like, oh, I'm sure I'll get to it eventually. Others were like, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to, you know, find a show with some empty seats this weekend, maybe. And my, my general description to them was, I was wrong about 98% about what I <laughs> thought was going to happen or could happen. Um, but the creators went in a direction that there's no way in hell that I would be smart enough or creative enough to think about or work out on my own. And it was just entirely delightful. Yeah, I don't know. See, I know we just did like our, our look back on our predictions and stuff. And I don't know if we talked about it on that episode or if it was a previous episode or if I just said it sometime off the air talking to people. But. There was there was a reference point for a movie that I said the little bit that I've heard rumors of if they sort of use this as a building block at any point in the movie that I might lose my fucking mind and they did it and I kind <laughs> of lost my fucking mind. Um, so yeah, it's 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 brilliant. It's it like Josh said, I think it goes places you definitely would not expect. I mean, unless you follow the spoilery stuff, but if you went in pretty clean, like I think we tried to do, I think you'll be a lot better off for it. Which I, again, I'll attest, I've done this for the last few that I've done this for. I I did not see basically one frame of this movie 
before sitting down that night in the theater to see it. I am so freaking glad <laughs> that I did. Everything hit better. Every and and so like over the weekend after seeing it, I went back on like IMDb and like watched the trailers that were released and some of the TV spots. Even the little small moments of like well, I guess we had, that'd be spoiler. Well, no, this wouldn't be spoiler because it's in the freaking trailers. Yeah. <laughs> um, like uh, Rocket having, you know, some of the people in his ship that have, you know, not been there previously and asking them, hey, who's never been to space? Uh, oh, <laughs> you better not throw up in my ship. Like something as little and throwaway as that. Like I enjoyed never seeing that before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every single moment of not having anything was just so great. I got like the inverse. I, I told Brian and uh, Andy and Paula about this before, and I'll open when the time comes with what was spoiled for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was reading on a forum for a video game, completely unrelated to Endgame, and I got spoiled, and the stuff that was spoiled wound up being true. And oh, that sucks. Yeah, I was. I'm, I'm extremely pissed about it because it would have been that much. Was it better. big stuff too? I the, once we put the spoiler alert out, I am going to reveal what that was so they can yeah, look yeah, back yeah. at uh, their memory of Paula's reaction to it, reading it because she wanted to know. And, uh, <laughs> uh, so, truth be told, if you're if you're if you're listening to this episode, I haven't uploaded the last one we did yet. That was the celebration and and star wars teaser but the cold open that i want to put in front of that episode is when you text her the spoiler and her reaction to that so hashtag it's on the spoiler record. face yeah the spoiler face stuff is in there <laughs> yes. she wanted to know all of that even though you were oh, like, she, yes, she like two she is, days she's away she's um, i was telling them yeah, that, like, she's I was all about the spoiler about and then she wanted the spoiler so. on our on our drive back from celebration we were hearing people talk at Celebration about how Endgame spoilers were leaking online, and half the drive home, she was on her phone trying to find it <laughs> on the internet. What the hell? And she was really upset that she couldn't. So, alright, so, I, I, we beat around the bush enough. We're going to put the spoiler warning out. Um, so if you have not seen Endgame, we are going to spoil the fuck out of it. As it uh, should be. Yeah, so, go check it out, as we have recommended you can pause us now, go check it out, come back, listen to all the spoilery goodness we're going to get into, and uh, we will check you after the break. So, last chance, this is your spoiler warning for Endgame. Wee-oo-wee-oo, spoiler! Wee-oo-wee-oo, spoiler! You know, something like that. Alright, so we are in the spoiler territory. We can talk about whatever the fuck we went to. Mike, you want to kick us off with uh, what you read? Yeah, yeah, some fucking asshole decided <laughs> on the Mortal Kombat 11... Uh, Twitter feed to just randomly put in there. Oh, Scar or uh, Black Widow and Tony die, and Cap gets his dance with Peggy at the end. And I'm like, <laughs> boy, I hope that's just bullshit. Even though I like the Cap getting his dance with Peggy thing, I don't want to fucking know ahead of time. And thank you for putting it right. somewhere unrelated, trying to avoid those things. And you know what? You know why that probably happened? Because Mortal Kombat is a uh, Warner Brothers. Say they are trying to spoil the end game. What, <laughs> whatever the case, you know, whoever that person was can suck a big fat WB. one, a big fat D, a big D. He didn't even get to see your spoiler face. He's probably real disappointed. It just, <laughs> I, 
I, you know, like it just, it was really frustrating to see it and then be like, oh, I could see them doing both of those things. So, it, you know, it sounds like could be accurate. And then, of course, they happen. And, you know, that, that whole scene with, with Hawkeye and Black Widow would have been so much better if I didn't read that. Not even having that possible idea already planted. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, the, yeah the Tony I, thing yeah. I expected. I like, I was not. Yeah. That the scene specifically with Natasha and Clint um, trying to decide who's going to go, I was so back and forth in that scene. I didn't know who the hell was going to go. I first was like, yeah. oh, it's going to be Hawkeye. It's totally Hawkeye. And then when they start fighting on, over it, I was like, no, you know what? It doesn't make sense to be him because he's got the family. So if he sacrifices himself and never sees his family again, I don't know if they do that. But then at the point when he jumped, I'm like, no, okay, they're, they're going to do it. <laughs> and then you were debated. So, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a fun little roller coaster. It was perfect for the two of them. I mean, they, like, oh, for sure. Like, that that to me was the epitome of their relationship together. A- everything that they would do to stop one another. It, it was that scene was perfect, and I feel like it was set up very well too. Because because you've just seen Infinity War, you know what the rules are to get the stone. So if you send two people to get it, you know one of them has to go. Mm-hmm. So we're we're sort of into like we're we're in on the secret a little bit go, leading up to that scene, which that's a point I wanted to mention. Uh, granted, she was not there at the moment, but does it does it seem like Nebula didn't give anybody a heads up on? Well, all I know is Thanos took Gamora there. He came back with the stone. She didn't. She's probably dead. So something might be up. I mean, she mentions to them that's where Gamora died. Right. Yeah, I mean, they know no, when they get that's there. That's as much like... as she knows. Yeah, I guess. Now, did Gamora know when she, when Thanos brought her there that that could be a thing that would happen? You mean in Infinity War? Yeah. No. I don't remember. No, I don't think anybody knew the rules. Yeah. Okay. I think she yeah, only so knew as this... much as she knew the planet it was on. Yeah. Right. I don't, yeah, I don't okay. even think she ever like went there. Yeah. Okay. Um, so there's no way Nebula could know that that's what actually happened. For as, as far as she knew, Gamora tried to escape, and Thanos just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, all, yeah. Thanos could have got the stone. Gamora tried to turn on him, so he killed her. Yeah. Like as far as Nebula's, Nebula's concerned, that could have been the scenario that played out. Yeah. What, what Nebula knows is two went, one came back. That's it. Um, two man enter, one man leave. <laughs> and Brian and I had a, a bit of a texting marathon there the other day about the implications of that scene and what it could mean in the future or what it may not mean in the future. And I'm just going to briefly touch on it because I promised Brian I wouldn't go on for an hour about it. Um, but I'll leave it for you and Andy to think about, Josh. Um, and my, my whole thing is, how do you get rid of the, t- the Soul Stone? How do you put it back? Because Cap had to go and put these things back oh. at their place in point in time. Right. Um, how do you do that? And is it by preventing her from sacrificing herself that it gets put back? Is it that it brings her back when he puts it back? Or is it some other unexplained thing altogether? And also, what happens when Cap gets there and 
oh shit, Red Skull is actually here. <laughs> oh, good point. Um, because there's a moment. Go ahead. Sorry. It was just like this, you know, got me thinking, and I'm like, you know, I feel like I would have liked that bit of something, but maybe there's a reason it was intentionally not included. I was kind of thinking that that might be like a, a cool mini series on Disney Plus is have Cap put back each of the <laughs> so like I have a six six episode mini series. I could do that. An episode for each of the the stones. That'd be cool. Yeah, well, I'd yeah. watch the I'd, shit out of that. I'd like that. <laughs> Just for the fact that it gives us more Chris Evans as Captain America, right? Yeah. Which we're not ruled out of ever seeing again. I mean, they have old Steve Rogers in the comics. Well, I was going to say, he's also back in time now, and he's living during that time. So even if, say, we get a prequel or origin story, I think that Black the Widow. the purpose of his, of his arc for this movie, though. I don't. We suddenly go yeah. back to the 40s and stuff. No, and no, no, I don't mean Captain that. America. I mean, he, he, could just, America. he could cameo in his 60s. In the mm-hmm. 90s or the early 2000s, he could make a cameo of some kind. Well, I think this is going to see because I, I want to get into the time travel stuff at some point because that still confuses me. Like, I feel like I have a handle on it, but it's it's different rules than what I'm used to. And it kind of throws my head for a loop. And I feel like that's the point we're all going to argue about. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't know if that logic makes sense from the way I'm gripping their time travel. I will leave it at that until we get to time travel discussion. OK, but to your point, to to Mike and. Uh, oh, sorry, to Josh and Andy. Um, Cap returning the stones. Like, where do you fall with that? With like how believable it is? Well, I mean, with the so I guess specifically for Mike's question, the Soul Stone. Yeah, the, the other ones are pretty simple. There is one yeah, major just kink with put it back in there. Tesseract, yeah. of course, that I'm gonna bring up after this. But well, I I don't know. I've heard because I think it has to be a slightly broader discussion because I've heard different parts now where like some of them like the Tesseract and. The um, the Mind Stone, like, they were in containers. They were in casings. They were in things that, like, they're not anymore. So how do you put the stone back when there's no Tesseract for it to be in? Um, yeah, that was an issue like, that More I broadly, had. like, how, how do you, how do you, like, how does... This was actually, the, I mean, the, the Soul Stone is more of a, a definitely a, a paradox that's created. Um, the one that I got hung up was actually on the Ether. So he has to be able to unnoticed uh um shove it back into jane foster ma- well not only that but <laughs> hey materialize <laughs> in in uh asgard in some way undetected unknown unnoticed and then yes does supposedly, he have like, to be unnoticed yeah i mean well the, the whole thing they, they the one part of like the quote um uh like they even mentioned themselves sort of like the back to the future rules that they do, even with him, like, I feel like they allude to is even, so, like, let, let's say he goes back to 1970 to try to put the Space Stone back. In that timeline, my imagination is telling me that Tony and him are still back in the 1970 that he's about to revisit trying to take it. So, like, that still happens, so he has to still be like stealth about it to some degree in the same way. Like 
being in Asgard, like you're you're trying to not disrupt other events. See, I don't think it's I don't think it's like time travel inception where they keep going back into the same time that they already are. They specifically say when he goes to take them back, to take them back to the moment that they were taken. Yeah, so in my mind, in some cases that's not possible. Like, how is he supposed to put the st- the the tesseract stone back at the moment Tony took it from the case? I'm not saying it's going to yeah. be like the exact second Tony turns around and then Cap's there to put it in. But like, if Cap could either be there before Tony takes it, watch Tony take it, walk upstairs mm-hmm. with his dad, and then Cap comes out of the shadows and puts the stone back. Yeah, uh-huh. that, that that's the way that's I kind of looked at what it. What I'm seeing. Okay. It's like he just. But to your point, the whole like it being encased in a cube before—that's just forgotten, and no one's going to explain that. We're not—we're not meant to think that hardly (laughs) or that hard about this stuff. That's true. Agreed. Um, Because I think all this—the whole part with the stones, putting the stones back—if that was going to be a bigger issue, they would have put that somewhere else in the movie and not a wrap-up thing. And I think. Fair. Mike, to your point, like, I understand there's, there's like, stuff you'd want to see when these stones come back, but I think it's just, like, at that point in the movie, it's already three hours long. Oh, Let's no. just wrap it up. I, I agree, but I, I think it, the, the thing with Cap getting to the Red Skull and the paradox of not being able to put the Soul Stone back, technically speaking, because we don't know where it actually was before it ends up in Hawkeye's hand. Same with Thanos when he gets it in war. Yeah. We don't know where it was. Right. We we have no idea where he would actually have to put it back to. I feel like that one is the exception that needs something. See, I feel okay. like they could easily... In my mind, Red Skull is the guardian of that stone. You give it to Red Skull, he puts it wherever it needs to go. I think he's somehow bound to that thing. He's not going to be able to... You're not going to be able to hand the stone to Red Skull, and then he's just going to be like, Oh, sweet, I got a stone. I'm out of here. No, he's stuck there somehow. See, but I wondered about that is does like that story that they created out of Infinity War was his curse to be the guardian of the stone. So once the stone is gone, is his duty over? Is his watch over? Is he still just bound to Vormir forever? Oh, maybe he just fades away. Well, if they bring it back to right when it was taken, like he would show up right after Hawkeye gets it. So Red Skull's maybe still there. Yeah, possibly. Peace him out. And if they wanted to, if they could work it out from I, like, for instance, I could buy. So, so the I could buy this. The lesson that has to be learned is that the person who is going to possess the power of the stone, which we still don't know what the power of the stone is because we've never seen it work on its own. But the, for the person who possesses the stone, they have to understand what they're about to have. So therefore, a a an equal loss is required. So if Cap were to show up and say, I would like to willingly give back the power. I'm okay giving this like, could could you guys buy the idea of him trading it back for Natasha? Like is he allowed well, the cosmic I think that's rules? What, I think that's kind of what Mike was getting at. And Brian shared a article. Um an interview. I'm trying to find what I had from it um he he shared an interview with um the people who wrote the movie um Mm -hmm. and at one point in reference to the soul stone and her death and everything about bringing her back um uh 
I'm not sure what McFeely's first name is because I don't have that part of the article saved. Marcus. Mr. Marcus McFeely, because Marcus. No, Mr. Yes, Mr. McFeely uh, responds with, <laughs> but that's the everlasting exchange. You bring her back, you lose the stone. And Sure. I mean, it, it, that's coming from somebody who wrote it. Now, is that saying that it's possible to do that? Or is that him just making a throwaway statement in an interview? I don't know. Well, I thought earlier in that interview, too, he says, like, it's binding. Once you get the stone, she's gone, that's it. Yeah, he kind of contradicts himself. <laughs> See, I'm trying to find the... I want to go back and find the context of the interview, because I don't know if they were asking him specifically at that time about Hulk using the stones. No, no, they were... Yeah, actually, kind of. As far as I remember, it's, they if were it's a time about, when the like, Hulk's, if if it's when Hulk snaps and tries to bring her back, he obviously can't do it because he's in the process of using the stone. Yeah, I can so buy he can't that. Bring okay. her back because that would surrender the stone. But even still, when Cap goes to bring the stone back, I think that's it. The deal has been made. This is not a barter. This is not collateral. She's gone. I think that's more consistent. Yeah, it is. I just. I don't know. I, I'm hoping at some point we get some statement or something further to explain how that worked. Um, because we know... Uh, I'll, I'll shift off of it because, it, we, like I said, it's a rabbit hole we could go down forever. Um, but we know we're going to see what happens with one of the other stones because Loki takes off with one uh, in the middle of their New York time heist Um, now now mike i had this thought uh when we were at um trivia last night that's the perfect spawning point for their loki disney plus show right i feel that way i don't know what else they're gonna do i mean i mean i can i can buy that but this all right so let's why else why else even why why else even show that scene why why is it relevant that loki does that at that moment other than to spawn the loki series on disney plus yeah i could see it go- going both ways i mean they have to show something wrong happening there and that might have been the easiest way to show something wrong happening so they have to go back further to do the whole scene with tony and his dad to give him that sort of closure there uh, okay. story elements it makes sense and i could buy the fact that um you know loki that that spins off his series, but gen- more general discussion about the time travel because their rules somewhat confuse me and kind of contradict themselves. I think um, because I'm I'm so used to like Back to the Future rules where you you go to the past if you change something in the past it butterfly effects to the future and people disappear. This movie makes it a point to tell you that their time travel rules do not change the past. So to me. In the past, if Loki takes the Tesseract and disappears, that has no effect on anything. Except for uh, the Ancient Ones rules about the Infinity Stones do matter that, if they move. That's what I was Which, wondering. So if, That's what kind of confuses me, because I feel like that contradicts the whole we don't change the past when we time travel thing. So that, yeah, I, I'm trying to wrap my head around that as well, because if the idea is then she's emphasized, like, She's emphasizing, based on Bruce's promise to her and his explanation, like, hey, if we bring all the stones back, 
to the point where they were taken, then nothing really has changed because no event, no no past reality will be skewed. Right. There won't be an alternate time. So if he, especially the time stone, once they put the time stone back in place, does, and I brought this up after after the movie, I think, does does Loki's escape and whatever happened, wherever he goes during that, is that only temporarily in existence? Does, See, that's does, sort of what I'm thinking. Does anything that occurs from the moment they take the stones to the moment they put back only exist temporarily in timelines and universe? And the moment the stones are put back, everything is course corrected and it's like it never happened. So... In, in that realm of thinking, does Cap have to return the Tesseract twice? No. Well, he has to go. So, so the they go to 2012. Loki steals the Tesseract. They fuck up. So they they have to have a plan B to fix what they just fucked up. Right. Their plan is to go further back to the 1970s and steal the cube there. Because if, so if they steal it there, so... it overrides Loki taking it in 2012. Right. And if they put it right back there when they're done, the timeline plays out as normal. That never happens in 2012, and we have the rest of the movies fine. But didn't they say you couldn't change the past, and that's already in their past? Loki taking it is their past now, and that can't be changed. That's the part that I still can't work out. <laughs> the, the, yeah. This is where it, it gets. This is why this both, whole idea both... that you can't, like your past becomes your future, becomes your past, and so on and so forth gets you into a loop this is why time travel isn't a real thing kids um (laughs) (laughs) and and this is part of what i had to break myself on because i think that even they specifically say like time is not linear but it's almost like they're saying though time is sequential so and i that's how i so if if you go to the past you've gone to the past but it is after you did something in your own present so by next. definition, right. the next action you took is your future. Correct. Yes. So So I kind of buy that as the idea, but right, that then I can't completely divorce from my mind the notion that then what is it in the past you're accessing? How how do you do something? How do you revisit a moment that already occurred without affecting the sequence of events that happened after it. That's what I can't wrap my head around. That's what doesn't make sense in their time travel is like, we removed this stone and we create this alternate timeline, but we came back an instant later and put it back in place. Okay. So we fucked with the timeline (laughs) twice and went to the future and then all this and then all that. But do you suppose that are, are we getting a Dr. Strange sequel? Yes. I'm assuming so. I, mean, I would assume it's, I would, it's I would been hope supposed so. to have happened. I mean, okay. Do you do you suppose that it is uh, course correcting for some errors on their part as far as these diverging? I I think potential diverging timelines. I think I'd talk- I want to say no because they're not. They don't have any stones to use. So even if he wanted to change the past, he can't. Why? He would have the time stone. Yeah, though. he would still have the time stone. He'd no, still have the no, 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 no. They took all the stones. They took all the stones back. So in the present 2023, the end of the movie, the stones that yeah. Thanos had in that timeline, he wished away with the Infinity Stone. 
They borrowed all the stones from the past oh. and then put them back. So in their current present, there are no infinity stones at all. Oh yeah, because he destroyed them with them. So if so, potentially, if and if they didn't, this might be a huge character plot hole. Does the fact that the Sorcerer Supreme and all the wizards, the fact that they don't have a time stone to guard anymore, could that, you know, be part of? I don't say part of the story, but at least mentioned like I, well something we've done for such a long time we yeah that could don't be. have a purpose now or we effed up something like that i think i mean they're still guarding it against the other dimensions but you right. just have to do it without the time stone then yeah i think without the, without the time stone i mean dormammu wins well it, yeah in the first, I mean, the first movie, movie correct yeah. yeah 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 that's what i mean i i personally think your plot for dr strange 2 i mean mordo was already pissed that they were fucking with time in the first dr strange Given what they did in Endgame to fuck with time, I think Mordo will have noticed, and he will. It'll kind of tip him over the edge even further. Okay. Um. So I, I think that's going to be part of it. I don't think it's going to be the whole thing, but I think that's definitely part of it. Is that Mordo is off the walls because of all the time travel shit that happened in Endgame. Um, and that's the other thing that they've constantly reinforced that they also went, that, not that they went back on, but it's the idea that time travel has consequences that they reinforce so much in Doctor Strange and in this movie in a few ways. You know, like I think Tony at one point says like, oh, if you mess with time, it's getting bound to mess back. And... <sighs> Well, there has to be, I mean, they have to, I guess, put some sort of consequences in there. Otherwise, people will be messing with time all over the place. Right, 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 right. Because now they can do it whenever they want, though. Don't forget that. Right, that's the other thing that could break the MCU, is they've basically figured out time travel. Yeah. So, like, are we going to see this in other MCU movies, or are they just going to forget it like it never happened and move well, on? Well, they, they also don't have Tony there Tony's to gone and it. Plus, both of the devices are destroyed right i mean they have a one-man device yeah. that was what cap, cap used. went back at the very end of oh, the it movie. seems like they have that's the true. tech all oh, they need is pin particles and hank is still alive now so i mean they might not be able to use it as freely because if something breaks that's it but yeah although bruce seems like he might have a handle on it so maybe he's enough to to keep it rolling time travel <laughs> But yeah, I think like there, there's a specific like I've again I I grew up with like watching Back to the Future, so those are the time travel rules I'm used to. So the part that fucked with my head for the longest time was Nebula kills her past self and nothing happens to her. Yeah, I had a rough time with that. Yeah, there's just this is why time travel is not necessarily the best choice. In movie making. I like what they did here. The movie was fun. It was awesome. But the time travel part of this, for me, is what keeps it from being that 10 out of 10. Like, everything else about this is a 20 out of 10. And their time travel rules and laws and everything is like a 5 out of 10. I mean, I have no doubt that they, they have their rules somewhere. Like, they laid them out and figured them out before they wrote the movie. But I'm sure... And yeah. they may, maybe even had exposition explaining what the time travel was how it worked, why this works and this doesn't. But in a movie that's three hours long, they probably had to cut some of that stuff just for pacing. 
Absolutely. And we're stuck with the, the bare minimum explanations that we get. I'd love to see this movie um, on Blu-ray or DVD or whatever have you uh-huh. um, with like director commentary and oh, have them like yes. lay this shit out like on a blackboard or something. So yeah. I've, I went back and was, I was listening to movies with the commentary. I was picking certain MCU movies before Endgame. So I did the ones with the Rooster Brothers and Marcus and McFeely, the two writers, um, like Civil War, um, Winter Soldier, Endgame, or not Endgame, uh, Infinity War. So the four of them have commentated on all the other previous movies they've done together. So I would expect all four of them to have an audio commentary for Endgame. So you're going to get the directors and the writers talking about all this stuff. I'd like even more to have like a Lord of the Rings-esque extended cut that adds an hour and change where you get everything fully explained. I I would watch that. Yeah, I would too. Um, so yeah, uh, long story short, because I feel like we can still talk about time travel. I still don't understand it, but as far as the story is concerned, with it moving the way it does, like... And, and again, I don't remember if I talked about it on the podcast or, or off air to people, but I kept saying when I heard time travel, I was like, if they back to the future to this and go back into previous movies in the MCU and like you see the events from different perspectives and stuff like that, I was going to lose my fucking mind. And they did that in the fucking second act of the movie and I lost my fucking mind. It was fantastic. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. The minute yes. they show up in the end battle of the first Avengers, you're like, oh, shit. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Watching the Hulk watch himself was yeah. awesome. <laughs> it's such like a great, like looking back at the you know the other MCU movies and, and a culmination for those the years of that stuff, seeing how much these characters have grown since the first Avengers movie. Oh like, yeah, face to face with themselves. That's great. Th- that moment specifically, I'll say, is the single moment in this movie that I enjoyed Professor Hulk. For the whole rest of the movie, I agreed with what Valkyrie says. I think I preferred either of the other of you better. Um, but that moment where he hulks out is just like, ah, uh, ah, uh, like, because <laughs> he's not that person anymore. Yeah, like he's just like he doesn't know how to smash Hulk that physically can, but doesn't have the attitude to do it. Yeah, is just awesome. That brings up a question for for the Hulk from this movie. Now that he's like the combined essence of Banner and Hulk. I feel like he's a little less powerful. I, I think it's there's not the rage. Yeah. Kind of like, I don't know, even like Wolverine when he does the feral rage. Like, he becomes more dangerous when he's mad. Now the Hulk's not mad. Right. So that, that lessens he, his, yeah. in my opinion, he's, he's less of a... Uh, He's less of, like, a, a battlefield bomb than he was before. Like, before, you could just, like, fling him into a battle and be like, well, sure. things are fucked. Yeah. Now, he goes into the battle against the Chitauri. Did I say that right? Yeah. Uh, Chitauri. 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 Yeah. I was close. Um, I was mixing Chitauri and Churro. Uh, anyways. <laughs> As one commonly does. <laughs> I mean, uh, they are close. Like, I feel like he, he sort of did a little bit, but you didn't really see a lot of Hulk in that last battle because I think uh, well, maybe he, he was in a sling. Well, he was mostly he was mostly injured. Yeah. Well, I don't think yeah. he had the sling at that point, did he? Uh, he took it off for the battle. Okay. okay, yeah, I was gonna say like he's but messed up. Yeah, he's he's kind of messed up. Yeah, but still, 
I don't know. It was pretty fresh that he was messed up. Like, it was just moments before. He wasn't in a sling yet, because that was like, he, he snaps his fingers, and he looks and up through the hole, and the bomb blows, yeah. comes through. Um, Which, I don't know about you guys, but that moment, like, they, they propel that story so quickly at that moment that I completely forgot they brought everyone back from the dead. Yeah. It was like, you were kind of aware of it, but you... It was just like... They don't give you enough time to dwell on it. They just get attacked and shit blows up and they're in the fight. And then yeah, you're like, oh shit. And then the, you're all invested. And then the people start showing up and you're like, oh fuck, that's right! <laughs> <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's but, a collective cry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think the way they set that up, um, like that moment specifically. One, it's it's probably my favorite moment in the movie when you get Sam coming through Cap's headset. And you know, yeah. like the, on your left, it that was, a few, it was so perfect. A, after repeat viewings, where I've consistently cried, and that is one of those moments. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I first viewing, I that's where I cried. Yeah, that that one that that gets if if that didn't get you, there's something wrong. You either didn't care about Winter Soldier and didn't get it, or you have no feelings. Um, <laughs> But it's so set up well because that same exact kind of thing plays out in the comic book. Um, Cap is the last one standing and he's facing down Thanos knowing that he's going to die. And he's doing it anyways. And boom, Doctor Strange shows up with the rest of the heroes to take part in the battle. It sets up very much the same way. And... I thought that was awesome. Cap was still, even though knowing he couldn't win, going to start that fight all over again. Yeah. yeah. I loved that moment. It makes your hair stand up. I don't, I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> Yeah. There's there's a lot of moments like that. Yeah, which, the movie's full of them. Yeah, I do kind of want to get to some of those moments, but I kind of want to backtrack a little bit just to the time travel stuff that's going to fuck with us again, because I still have questions. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm, as I'm going through my outline, and I realize there's a section that I didn't I didn't address that I, I want to bring up and see what you think. Okay. So, the maybe it's less about the time travel and more just about the passage of time. Like, we get the five-year jump in this movie. Yes. When half the universe is gone for five years. And then, like, when Scott eventually comes back five years later, he finds an older version of his daughter. So the MCU moving forward, are we are we at that point? Like, is Ant Man three going to feature the older version of Cassie Lang? I, I think so. I think it would be so strange to have, other, and I think we've talked about this before that there's the potential that like Spider Man Far From Home, which actually that's a minor pothole for me. That's going to be uh, my next one for that. Um, like might be a pre Infinity War story that could happen between Homecoming and Infinity War. I I could buy that. Um. But if we're, yeah, if we're like five years in, I don't know what other story you can find to like shoehorn in, in the timeline. Well, and how many would you really want to now that you've sort of given closure and finality to everything that's, you know, quote, happened before this? Do we think maybe, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Andy. You're good. Um, That we're going to get Spider-Man Far From Home is a story that happens before Infinity War. That we're going to get a Black Widow prequel origin story kind of sort of movie. We're going to get a Captain Marvel movie from the late 90s, early 2000s. We're going to get a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Um, maybe not the as Guardians yeah, of the Galaxy movie. Yeah, that one I still movie. wondered about. Um, I don't know if Guardians 
three. They step. They definitely have enough time in between that they still could. But I don't. That's what I'm saying. Like, what do do you want to do that? Is well, that is that the way they want to go? And what I was going to say is, and then we get to what would the year be? Twenty twenty three, right? Because it was twenty eighteen when he snapped. Yeah. Then yeah. we get to the real world, twenty twenty three, and they pick up where they left off. Maybe the next few years are origin stories and things that happened in between. Maybe we don't get as many movies for a while. Maybe there's... Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I mean, like, movies, but not... Because, like, from what I understand, there's a few confirmed movies that we know of Guardians 3. We know Doctor Strange 2, Captain Marvel 2. Um, Black Panther 2. That's not actually confirmed. I don't, I don't think Captain Marvel 2 is confirmed either. I think there's a lot of stuff that's Okay, talk, so then officially confirmed is Black Widow we are doing. is confirmed because they're casting for it. We know that. We know Far From Home. We know Guardians 3. And the only other thing that's confirmed right now is Eternals. That's, See, I don't even remember if... I know there was casting rumors about that, but I don't even remember if Marvel actually came out and said that that was in that happening. interview that you had As me a movie, read, they confirmed it. Or a show. Okay. It was a movie. Movie. Really? Yeah. I, I, Don't I, forget. I, I know very little about the Eternals. Back, back so. when they first brought out this Marvel Cinematic Universe timeline, Inhumans <laughs> was also on that list and didn't actually get made into True. I, in, in fact, I heard the sh- yeah, I heard the show was kind of crap too. So there's a, there's that's a whole other podcast talking about what happened to that movie and show. Yeah, but it, it so Eternals I think could go the same route because it's not. I don't know how it's going to play in, but we we could see. Maybe it'll be more like Guardians than it was like Inhumans, because maybe they were tossing around the uh, Eternals because they had yet to acquire Fantastic Four and X Men. Because I feel like why would you do Eternals when you have a lot to play with now? Yeah, I think they've got other stuff in the pipe before they can do anything with like these movies have probably been in development for a year. Yeah, but they can't talk about anything. And now that they officially have Fantastic Four and X-Men, now they can finally start moving forward with some of that stuff. I'd say four years before we see Fantastic Four X-Men anywhere, at least. Yeah, it's going to be a while. But all what I was getting to is maybe there's a bit of a gap in there. Um, possibly. that we See, the Far From Home thing confuses me, because I don't think, even looking back at those trailers, or at least the one trailer that I've seen, and knowing how Endgame ends, there's nothing still in that trailer that tells me where this movie takes place. And even well, at the end of Endgame, I still don't know where Peter's at as far as, like, like, did half of his graduating class in high school disappear? So is half of his graduating class now five years older than everyone else? And just the supporting oh, characters that they point. needed for the movie are the ones that got snapped out of existence. So MJ right. and Flash and right. all that, they were snapped out of existence and whatever they need was and whatever they don't need wasn't and has moved on because the the environment like the state of the world that they set up at that five-year gap like certain things seem to have shut down and stopped work stopped happening and people doing things but do people still go to school like did everyone just kind of bail out well i think they do because the very end there you get peter and uh ned at the very end in school right and that's then that goes back to like who's what age are these kids now? Like is Ned five years older? We don't even know if he snapped well, out or I, if he's still there. I thought there was uh, just the assumption, I guess, that he was snapped because 
you know, he's the same age as Peter when they come back. Like, they, neither one of them looks older than the right. other. So. Yeah, I think it's safe to assume that, but I mean... Speaking of yeah, that, the... I, I did have one really crazy thought about that movie um, from what we've seen so far. Uh, I don't know if this is a spoiler for people that haven't watched or avoiding trailers. Well, that's Josh, so you have to let him make the call if he wants to hear what you're about to say. Is this about Far From Home? Yes. Uh, I accidentally uh, was unable to avoid seeing one of them in theater when I took my nephew to see something. I think Captain Marvel. Okay, uh, then you've probably seen yeah, what I'm talking ahead. about. If it, if it's from a pre- if it's from like the one trailer that's been out, sure. Okay, so from that trailer we see that it seems quite a lot like Happy and Aunt May are going to be a thing. Um. Wouldn't it be fun if Peter comes back from having snapped out of existence to that already being the case? <laughs> and he has to find out that, oh, Happy's banging my mom. And well, he has, like, aunt. a three-year-old sister? Well, that would be, <laughs> whoa. But um, I, I just think that would be great. Like, if Peter comes home for the first time and Happy's sitting there in his underwear. Like, hey, kid. You know, just <laughs> <laughs> something like that. I just think it would be hilarious to have that moment that would be yeah. funny i'm on board <laughs> um all right so i think yeah we covered that point for me i just sorry i wanted to sidetrack on the on the whole five-year time jump thing in on note on that too i think it'll be interesting in that next ant-man movie if they bring stature into the equation if cassie becomes stature um, because he does make the comment like oh you're so big um i kind of like them throwing that little nugget out there about her. Yeah. Does she become a superhero in the comics? Stature. Yes. Same. I don't like, know. She, that. Yeah. Same kind of thing as Ant Man. Just you know. Okay. Different name. Which. Yeah. One of the one of the movies I did watch before Endgame was Ant Man and the Wasp, and I watched it with the commentary, and I kind of feel bad now because Peyton Reed. Every time that little girl, little Cassie, was on screen, he talked about how good she was as an actress. How much her and Paul get along, how fun they are together, and now they've just changed it where they don't need her anymore. <laughs> Which is a shame. Because she that is kind of good. And eh. I wonder if she knew that was coming. <laughs> By the way, kid, uh, you're not going to have a job next year. Um, Alright, so anywhere else you guys want to go? I have, I have some questions and notes, but anything you guys want to get off your chest, uh, now's the time. I will take a look at my notes. I I was just delighted. I, I have very little, like other than the time travel picky stuff that we've spent a lot of time on, I don't have much about this that I just didn't love from beginning to end. Yeah, do, do you guys feel that Cap was sandbagging it in the contest to pick up Yolner in Age of Ultron? No. I've heard this theory. I don't think so no so he only became worthy just then maybe not just just then then, yeah but it's the additional years in between i mean because if 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 their if their timeline is the exact same timeline as when in our real world these movies came out he ultron is 2015 he's not getting the hammer till 2023 and in that eight years he went through a lot more shit yeah so i could absolutely buy that through those other things, you know, that this cosmic power that rules 
the hammer made from the star and given by the king of Asgard, I, I, you know, I reevaluated enough at some point for for it to occur at that point. I, that was not much of a, a hang up for me. Yeah, I'm I'm with Josh on this one. Okay. Did that bother you? No, it didn't bother me. I thought that I I loved every part of Mjolnir and Captain America together. That was fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, but it just it called into question. Like, I wonder if he was sort of sandbagging it a little bit. I don't think he would have had any reason to. And and the, the... well, you know, Captain <laughs> the... America, he he tries very hard to not be the center <laughs> of attention. You know. And everyone watching him at this party, like, he doesn't want to one-up one of his fellow Avengers in that moment. He's not like the extraordinarily humble Drax. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like everyone's watching him, everyone's expecting this thing, you know? And I feel like Mjolnir moves, because Thor kind of, like, gives him the eyebrow. I wonder if Rogers knew he could move it then. And he was like, eh, you know. It's not my thing. And then and then towards the end of the movie, they're actually joking about it being on an elevator and the elevator being worthy. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I feel like the the levity there sort of lends itself to him knowing, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> I, could, I could see it that way, where he felt it twitch and he was like, all right, I'm good. Yeah, I got it. yeah. He's like, he's like, I'm going to keep this in the, my in my repertoire. And I can... Not to mention, was that not just the coolest of the fucking action sequences oh my when god he, when he first pulls that and then he just he, he throws the shield and throws the, the hammer sh- at the shield yeah he oh starts whipping the shit out of thanos and i'm like <laughs> this is awesome i almost crapped my pants um <laughs> it's still one of the biggest cheer moments in the theater every time i get to see it yeah oh yeah definitely because so did did anyone else even even as they started setting up that shot, you know, that Thor is getting his face beat in and they just go to this very close crop shot of the hammer starting to lift off the ground on its own. That was not my first thought. That probably wasn't even my third thought. I, I, I thought like, oh, maybe there will be some additional Asgardian magic thing about to, you know, come in my play that helps him in some way. I did not see that coming really until it my initial into thought- his hand. Uh, when that when that whole thing started happening, was wait a second they couldn't have brought Vision back. That's that's exactly what I uh, thought. I was like and, I was like how are they introducing Vision into this? This is weird. Yeah, like and then like he can't be boom. Back. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, that, 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 yeah. But then yeah, because that's so it, it, Cap gets it and everybody's like oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I did have immediately like it's Cap. It's going to Cap. It's going to Cap. But somewhere in my thought, I did think like Vision maybe. Yeah, it just, but I was, just I was like, like a half, more a, sold on half a second. You're up. like, you're like, yeah. wait, Mjolnir's lifting. It's the only person we know that can lift Mjolnir. Because to be fair, Vision. I I was surprised that Vision was not in this movie at all. Yeah, yeah. I th- I thought for sure they found a way to separate him from the stone, and they were going to find a way to bring him back without the stone. That that's what I wondered about. Like their their point. The the person where... who knew how to do it was dead, or trusted. Right, but but if they go, if they had the if they had the pin particles and potentially they're like, well, let's divide up and we can do X, Y, Z. Why not just try to go back to where vision, like after they know Thanos shows up, but vision is there, just get him to Wakanda earlier. Do like have more time to deal with it. Then get the stone out of his head, still take it back to the present to do what they need to. 
but now Vision exists as an autonomous being. Yeah. I think we yeah, still may yeah. get that at some point. I, just... I mean, this 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 uh, Disney Plus series, I don't... I, 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 if I had to take a stab, I would guess it's the intervening years. It's it's a back, it's a backflash. It's a flashback to the, the time the headlines between... that ahead. I read was that the, the WandaVision show, Scarlet Witch and, and Vision show yeah. for Disney Plus, takes place in the 50s. Do what? not ask me how that makes sense. I don't know, but I've that... read that three or four different places. That makes, uh, no that sense. that makes the time travel thing all fucked up. Like, yes. I, I would, if anything, I would have guessed it's just the intervening time between Civil War and the beginning of Infinity War. Those, yep, that makes the most sense. Those, I don't know what the fuck they're doing in the fifties. Doesn't make sense to me. They talk all the time was... about oh, these moments we've stolen together for the last two years, and every, like show us that, like the growth of them together, the maybe conflicts that they've run into, but and then probably had to keep secret because they don't want either of their sides that they're reporting to to really catch wind of things like and that would give you a reason uh, in the show why they you don't see captain america or iron man or anyone else right. show up in the show because they are running around in secret yeah mm-hmm. yeah i don't know that's just that's, that's what wrong. i've read <laughs> yeah yeah that i hope that's uber wrong Unless they're talking about like fifties is in like fifty degree temperature, twenty fifties. <laughs> <don't, laughs> not not specifically nineteen fifties. <laughs> well, Mike, go find out. Go back to that Mortal Kombat message board. Find out whoever that guy was. <laughs> Start following him on on other social medias and see what he ends up saying at some point in the future about the show. And then we'll know whether to give it stock. <laughs> no, he's already been blocked because I'm not having the same shit happen with Star Wars. <laughs> like. I'm not going to pick up my phone for like a month before Star Wars comes out now. Like, uh, Yeah, that's probably the... Say, stay away from every comment section. Yeah, ever. I think I just need to start doing that in general. Um, Alright, anything else you guys want to touch on? Uh, what did you guys think of... Drunk, sorry for himself, Thor? I do have a note about Fat Thor... Um, being the only special effect in the movie I didn't didn't like, I didn't think was very well done. I felt like it was done comedically bad. Um, I mean, I feel like that's kind of the point. I part of me wishes he had sorted his shit out by the end of the movie. Yeah. I was I was okay with it at the beginning, like having having someone who's otherwise typically such a cornerstone being someone that you cannot lean on as much was a good choice in order to give i don't say conflict but give give Depth. something for other yeah and and to give something for other characters to do so rocket okay. has to step up a bit more and like okay i got to baby you along great but by the by the end i kind of wish it was sorted out and he was kind of back to his normal at least physique form i think yeah. the idea that if he doesn't will. have to be as cool though that he's just as dangerous sure either way because it doesn't really matter um as a fat guy i will say power to the fat guy superhero um <laughs> as somebody watching the film I, I still i don't know like i'm not a fan of the visual effect they used um but I, I like lo- the comment that they made that he looks like melted ice cream. <laughs> yes, that was great. They made fun of their own effect, and I like that they were kind of making fun of the fact that they always showed him like shirtless and perfect. Uh huh. You know, like in every other appearance that he's ever done for them. So I like I like that part of it. 
Korg was awesome, right? Of oh, course. Yeah. <laughs> I, I heard an audible squee from Josh when he showed up on screen. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I heard that. I mean, I was a couple seats away from you. And I saw it, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. There, there was definitely some, some wailing and silent clapping. <laughs> um, with Thor, I did I did like his what they did with his character. I think he, after all that he's been through, especially after Infinity War, I think he just hit the breaking point and finally broke. So this movie is him putting himself back together. And he's not yeah. finished. Which I think leads to we're going to get a Thor four. I think we're actually going to get as Guardians of the Galaxy. See, I don't know if it makes sense to put him with them I for Guardians three. Do not like that idea. That was I the absolutely only point loved of the, it. Uh, that was the only point of the entire movie that it was obviously a jump. It was, it was one of the few jumping off points that like like that that seemed too specific for me. Like obviously Cap hands over the shield and the idea of captain america to sam loved that absolutely loved that but that still remains in my mind kind of vague like oh okay what could all that mean what will happen the idea that oh thor's leaving the planet with the guardians of the galaxy number one i don't really love the idea and it seemed to me like that was the only like direct future movie setup that they took a pain to do like, here's exactly what you're probably going to want to expect in, like, the next chapter or the next chapter of the Guardians or something. Um, but, I, yeah. I mean, weren't they great together in Infinity War, though? I mean, but I think only in limited I want time, more like, of that. They, they did, but for me, the only, like, Infinity War worked for me because there's the obvious power struggle of ego and leadership between Quill and Tony. But it's temporary because it can only be temporary because it wears out really fast. I couldn't. Yeah, but watch I think that doesn't movie. need to be that for the movie. Like they play it out as a joke at the end of this one, but I don't think it's going to be that as your deal. I think it's. I mean, I think it's fairly obvious it's going to be the search for Gamora, in some way that they're going into, for Guardians Three. Among other things that would happen, yeah, I I agree. I just don't know where you fit Thor into that. That seems like he's not like I I don't. He's Thor. They're the Guardians. It doesn't work as well for me for an entire movie that he's just like hitchhiking along or like part of the gang now. Although, I, right. I mean, Andy, you're going the opposite direction. I'd like to see the you... Lebowski role continue. <laughs> Wait, what's, what's up? I would say like it seems like you had the opposite reaction to that. So like what what, what do you what, – what would you like to see after this then? Um. I was kind of wondering how that would work as much as I would like to see an Asgardians of the Galaxy. I, I do feel like, especially Thor 1 and 2, he does not fit that mold at all. Ragnarok being the exception, that right. movie was very Guardians of the Galaxy-esque. Um, oh, I see what you mean. Okay, okay. But I, I don't know how they... Um, ditch him <laughs> to not have that happen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I wonder, although, like thinking about it, if if Thor is in Guardians three, I think I'd actually like to see Thor in James Gunn's hands and what they do with him. Yes. Like it was, it was fun seeing Taika Waititi have his way with Thor, which I'm thinking if they do Thor four, I wouldn't be surprised if they bring Taika back to direct and write and stuff, but 
if if Thor is with the Guardians, I think him being in the hands of James Gunn, I think I think that could be actually pretty cool. And it, I would go ahead. Sorry, I would prefer to see like a proper Thor sequel, like a proper Thor four, as opposed to Thor with the Guardians. But if they're going to put Thor with the Guardians, I, I I might be okay with that. And what I was going to say was regarding um, Thor leaving Valkyrie in charge of Asgard. Um, I know. It just makes me, I don't want to say sad that she's in charge, because I don't think that's a bad thing, necessarily. I just wish it didn't go the way it did with Idris Elba, and that Heimdall could have been the one he was leaving it to. Just because I feel like we got more of Heimdall earning the leadership of Asgard mm. on screen. We saw more of you know yeah. them going behind him, because all we saw on screen of her with the Asgardians was her showing Hulk and Rocket like, oh, there's his beer cakes and we don't see her actually leading them at all. Um, she had abandoned them in Ragnarok and then she's back, but we don't really see a lot of them getting behind her or anything like that, so I would have preferred it go the other way and have Heimdall there and have him take over, but he's dead. So, it's just, you know. <laughs> Which, Mike, going back to actually the article that I sent you with the interview with the writers, do you remember their first draft for one of their time travel sequences that they mentioned in that article? Just just tell me. So, they I'm had... Blanking. They had Tony going after... They said at one point the... the I think the way they described it was at one point the Aether and the, and the Tesseract are in Odin's vault. Yeah. So, in the first draft of the story, they were going to have Tony infiltrate Asgard in a stealth suit and try to take the stones, but the only one that could see him is Heimdall and he'd, they'd have to fight it out. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, that's interesting. I think part of the reason that didn't happen well, is because they wait, couldn't it, get Idris Elba. Evidently he hated playing the role and it, for whatever reason. Yeah. See, I, I, I heard that a long time ago, like, he, like especially after Thor 2, that he was like, I really wish I was just done with these, but I have a contract. Yeah. But then he signed up for Suicide Squad. <laughs> like, but, And he seemed to also be making at the time, at least, this is like 2014, 2015, around the time he's also doing like Mandela, for God's sakes. And um, They're still talking uh, about him as James you know, maybe Bond, he, so it's... Right, so I mean, like, maybe at the time it was more like, well, my experience with these movies, and he had also done ghost rider 2 <laughs> so maybe he just like had his experience soured with like okay these comic book movies i'm in such like this minor role etc he's basically in a comic book movie with hobbs and shaw yeah yeah right and he was a pacific rim mm-hmm. oh right yeah, yeah. alien <laughs> but um what we're we getting to but that well there would have been such a narrow point in time for the ether and the tesseract, right, to be in the vault, yeah. Because the way I think by they the, were describing in the interview is like they were purposely trying to avoid going back to the yeah. first Avengers. They thought it was going to be like pander, pandering themselves and and trying to go back to this momentous event and stuff. And sure, they kept avoiding it for so long. I think they said in the interview that one, of, I think it was Joe Russo or somebody, finally said, "Why are you not going to Avengers? Just go back there. We'll make it work." And it's the yeah, it's the. The, the most straight line to it like what once you've created all these other stories that yes they intersect at least two of them are in the same place at the exact same time literally they're four feet from each other at one point yeah 
And then once you realize, oh, that Doctor Strange is in New York too, like, yeah, it just makes the most sense to do that. Shut there, the front door. There is so much <laughs> in that sequence, specifically going back to that time. Like the, I they keep talking like, okay, Doctor Strange has it then. And then when you think about it logistically, no, it's the ancient one. And right. then to see her there at the Battle of New York doing her thing, that blew my mind. Yeah, just randomly picking uh, off Chitauri as they're yeah. going by. That was like, fuck yeah, yeah. dude. I love I that s- they had her utilize that too. Not that oh, the Sanctum is there and they're just chilling in there. And they have to get in the building Drinking and whatnot. Tea. Like, no, she she went out <laughs> to try to do her part. Oh, yeah. they, they really did a great job casting her and Doctor Strange, and I love the fact that we got some scenes with her dialogue wise. Yeah. Another, oh, yeah. Another bite of the apple with Tilda. Oh my god, it was fantastic. I didn't I didn't expect it, and I was like, Oh I know. That was yes! a big surprise. <laughs> I also like that they chose it. I wouldn't have seen this coming. When they chose to go back to New York, I wouldn't have guessed that they would have sent Bruce. To be the one to go after the, to, to the sanctum. And the fact that they were so smart in immediately separating Mark Ruffalo from the Hulk form so that the, you know, arguably the most or at least second most intellectual member of any of our heroes, you know, is the one having the, the most philosophical discussion. Yeah. With someone yeah. like the Ancient One. Well, yeah. and I think... You know, I mean, like, I, I think Tony would have said, no, I'm not... That's not me. That's not my thing. Um, But it also wouldn't logistically work to send Bruce... Well, Professor Hulk to do what Tony did or what Cap did because he would stand out like a sore fucking thumb. Plus, I think... was it um, Isn't Hulk the only one that's actually been there before? For yeah. a split second, I thought about that, but uh, Tony's yeah. been there, too. Yeah. Yeah, Tony was there, but Tony didn't exactly get along well <laughs> uh, with Strange. Oh, I guess Thor was there, too. Time. Well, I was... Yeah, Thor was there. I mean, yeah. not not that they necessarily needed to, but I think it was confirmed that Wong survived the snap. So yes. in the future, they could have recruited him to go on the adventure with them and he would have been a really good asset to try to <laughs> go back to the sanctum to convince the ancient one <laughs> poor wong he gets like one line in this movie yeah i yeah. definitely hope they utilize him a lot more in the sequel because i really enjoyed him in the first movie oh yeah yeah i, I um i also like that the ancient one just kind of stares down hulk and is like you're no threat to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she just, <laughs> she and, just looks and, at him like... And first move, boom. Ah, now let's try this conversation again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Total like, flex. Oh, you think you're going to punch me? Okay. <laughs> um, I, I, I love that. Um, and that whole sequence, again, I mean, you get America's ass in there. Um, I love that which, part, too. That, that was, was such, such a, a great good, yeah. payoff yes. from the earlier joke. Because like, it would have been just a funny joke that Paul Rudd made. Yeah, but to bring it back America's the way ass. they did, that was great. Yeah, and that comes right after maybe my favorite joke they made, too. When it's like, oh, I can do this all day. Yeah, I yeah. know. <laughs> like he's he's like <laughs> he's like frustrated with himself <laughs> for being so virtuous. Like, <laughs> Yeah, the cat versus cat fight is one of my favorites, too. How oh and the, God, that was amazing. The whole sequence of like the elevator, like they set up the elevator in that sequence to be like, it's like, oh, it's Winter Soldier elevator. Here I, we go. I was so, so excited because that 
that is arguably, in my opinion, one of the best moments of all of the MCU is the elevator yeah. scene from Winter Soldier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I love that because not only do you sidestep the fight, but you call back to a comic that people went apeshit over oh, because yeah. they hated Captain America being a Hydra yep, agent, yep. which was only until they recent. found out it was a f- yeah, and, and until they found out it was a fake Captain America later in the yeah, series. But that's that's it- clickbaity headline crap that people got ex- really excited about. But well, the, yeah, yeah, but yeah, the I fact l- that they spun around that in the movie. Had- I, oh my god, having Cap say Hail Hydra was yes. just, like, I I just got so giddy when that happened. Like, it was just <laughs> like, oh my god. Yeah. And I think it, def- it, I don't know, I wonder who, because both sides are going to have a bias. If you weren't aware of the fact they did that in the comics, it's probably going to seem clever, and the fact like, oh, it's he still knows good. they're getting around him. But I, like, I, I really enjoyed knowing that that's what they did in the printed stories. And they chose yeah. to incorporate that. I'm like, oh, that's effing brilliant. <laughs> yes, Although, exactly. like, so when when the elevator opens up, I had two thoughts. One was, okay, so this is the mirror opposite of what happens in Winter Soldier. Right. They're already in the elevator. He's the last one to get in. Right. And although I do like what they did, I think it would have been amazing if maybe you don't see the whole fight again. But this time around, maybe, like, I think we talked about on the prediction show, maybe, or at some point, where... Maybe this time the elevator door does open again and they're just all laid out and he just walks <laughs> yeah. out with the case. Now, in this case, they would have no clue as to why he is completely beating all their asses. <laughs> right. He would have just Get jumped them completely them off guard, kicking their butts. And because, they, yeah, because they have no idea They're They're all on the same team at that point and they have no reason to turn against him yet. So he just jumps them and like all you mother effers, it's all your fault. It's just like, like cathartically. Like, well, this I, is for that I, I time, like I that, had to jump out of the 30th floor. I feel like that same line would have worked, like, get in there, have them all get all tense, like, oh shit, and then him uh-huh. just kind of like, does anybody want to get out before we start? <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, just have the same line close, again, that would Close the doors, too. and they all look confused, like, you could have Rumblo and Sitwell turn to him like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> close the doors, they open, and you know what, that all works well. The doors open. He picks the case up off the ground. They're all unconscious. He walks out and just like so sarcastically, hail Hydra. Yeah, yeah, something like that would have <laughs> just been like great. middle middle finger to you, buddy. <laughs> but and then even right after that too, we get Redford shows up again. Oh, yes. yes. Which even and going back to the interview that I sent you, Mike, again with the with the writers, I think they had said. Wait, let me. It, it was about the, whether Brian, was, it was going to be a... Redford's last film appearance or right. not in the last. Yeah, they're talking film about how it was, oh, wow. it was being announced that he was going to be an old man with a gun. It was announced as Redford's last appearance, and the writers are looking at each other like, "Well, we have Redford in this movie. This is technically his last appearance, but we cannot <laughs> say that, yeah, because it ruins that surprise." Yeah, is is this the link you sent me, Brian? Did you text this to me? Also, I, I didn't get a chance to read it. Uh, pot no. I think I sent you something I read like a day or two after the movie that was like trying to explain the time travel stuff. Oh, okay, okay. I wouldn't. My, did it you, help? Yeah, <laughs> number one. Yeah, did it and help? I, you know, I for the one I sent Josh, I had it. I was agreeing with them like most of the way through, and then they got to like the last two paragraphs or sections that they were talking about, and then I got completely confused again. So it helped for a little bit, but I don't think it answered all my questions. Can you? Uh, but, well, actually, even for our listeners, since we're referencing it so much uh can you post the link to that interview uh when the episode yeah i know i put it on up? i think i put it on twitter i don't remember if i put it on face i think I, no i did put it on facebook too it's a new york times article uh that they interviewed uh marcus and mcfeely oh, okay 
So it should be it should be on the social media platforms if you are looking for it. And I'm actually I, I, I in the back of my mind too. I I have plugged this podcast before, but the the Empire Magazine Film Podcast they do spoiler special podcasts for some of the bigger movies. So one of the ones that they have, and normally when they do that, they they get someone involved with the movie to interview. And at the time they interview them, since it's spoiler special, they could talk about whatever they want to about the movie and dig into a lot of behind the scenes stuff. So they've already teased that sometime, I think mid-May, they're going to do a spoiler special that's just interviews with Anthony and Joe Russo and, and Marcus and McFeely. Ah. So I'm hoping they ask a lot of the same questions we are asking and we will get it straight from them on a podcast what what some of these decisions were. Because I think that might put my mind at ease for a lot of these questions that I have. If they just explain to me why they did what they did and how it works, I will feel a lot better. It'll, it'll help. Yeah, for sure. Um, other things I have down, I'll just quickly go through. Because like, I, I told you I have the one list I want to do at some point whenever you want me to do it. But I, other notes. Um, the hero shot for all the women of Marvel was yes. awesome. It was forced, and I think Brian, Andy, and I discussed this uh, last night, where, like, I, I finally came around to saying, like, yeah, there's probably no other way they could have done it, so I'm just okay with it. Like, I was trying to I say, like, fine. I would have liked it to be more organically worked into the battle somehow, where they just happened to end up in the same spot, but that would still be ridiculous, because there's so many of them. So where like in, instead of them lining up like they did, maybe one or two of them are fighting side by side, and there's maybe another one that comes attack, in, another one, and then it just like slowly adds it in. Builds that like I would have liked something like that to happen, j- just so yeah, that it wasn't I, such an obviously forced. Here's all the women, women assemble the moment. moment. Yeah, like I like yeah, it that they granted, did it. I, I love I the just, splash page nature of it, though. Yeah, I agree with that. I like I'm so you know when you guys saw it. I, I, I've, I've, I've heard from, uh, Brian and Mike that that was a big, like, everyone in the movie theater cheered moment. Yes. Is that, yes. Is yeah, that true? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, it's been varying degrees of applause each, each time I've seen it, but it has gotten a round of applause. Right. It was crickets when I saw it, 825 in the morning, Sunday morning <laughs> at the Pittsburgh Mills. But there was a little girl with her dad. She must have been like six or seven who was kind of like, yay. And that was it. <laughs> and you know what? That's who that's for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's okay. But yeah, to all the other heartless pricks in that showing. <laughs> uh, honestly, I could say the same thing happened at the Mills on a three ten IMAX showing on Sunday. Well, maybe it's packed. just the goddamn Mills. Maybe it's just <laughs> maybe it's Sunday at the Mills. <laughs> um, areas, maybe, possibly. Not getting into that discussion further here. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I, I noted that the final battle could have lasted another hour and I'd have been perfectly okay to sit there through that. I feel like there's yeah. stuff we missed there that needs to be yeah zoomed in on. Like slow freeze frame. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When Ant-Man squashes the guy oh with his boot, God. that was Love so awesome. that. <laughs> like just yeah. randomly the and he just moves on. on. You don't even get the full Ant-Man shot. You just get the yeah, boot. Just... And then the leg, just like, yeah. and it's like he didn't even know. I took yeah. it as he barely knew he was there. Yeah, he just like I'm I walking. Like he rubs him in, squish. Like I think he steps on him, and then like literally like twists his ankle a little he bit. Does, really oh, really? In there. I think he might be doing that to everything though. He might just be taking every step and being like, <laughs> um, <laughs> how how awesome is it though? Speaking of giant 
uh, giant ant man. Um, when he punches out the Chitari oh, the the uh, oh, yeah. ship or whatever, yeah. he just fucks that thing. thing up. <laughs> Him finally coming full circle. Something that they had, yeah, something they had such trouble with in Avengers One that he's just like. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> oh, even they start getting out. They they wreck those things. Ant Man takes one out. Scarlet Witch like rips one apart. Valkyrie scrapes Valkyrie, one. Yeah. The impenetrable armor and scales that Iron Man for Dragon Fang. <laughs> she just yeah just rubs past the side of it with her with her spear or Dragon whatever. Fang. That's that Valkyrie's sword. Okay. It actually has a name. So I thought but, it was, but okay. it's like I thought it was a spear. I assume like it was I a, but it's like an Asgardian type material. Oh yeah, Dragon Fang would be made of the same stuff that. Like Thor's hammer's made of Uru. Oh, okay, nice. So it would be really yeah, it's fucking fun, it's strong fun to see all that stuff get dispatched real um, easy. Th- this is this is one thing that I, I especially on second viewing, realized I, I was I was absolutely expecting Captain Marvel to be in this much more. Yeah, I was. That was a big surprise. Because, just because this is and, the, the main six's story, this wasn't her story. This was for them, but, and their uh, yeah. story, their conclusion. If she takes too much of the spotlight, I feel like that's an injustice to them. Granted, but and and like part of the rebuttal I give myself is is you know we've talked about her. It's the Superman problem. So if she's around too much, right? There's not oh. enough struggle for us to watch our other characters have to deal with because she can pretty much wreck whatever she wants whenever she absolutely. Wants. She literally just bulldozes through the battlefield. Yeah. 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 She, the only thing that put <laughs> like, a stop to her was Thanos. He was the well, the power. Stream. No, he throws her around yeah. a bit before that. He he literally yeah, throws her to when the she, side. When she when yeah, when she grabs the gauntlet though, yeah. and he punches her, and she doesn't even flinch, doesn't even he blink, her. and he looks at her like shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He headbutts, <laughs> which her is great because I'm nothing. I'm glad that he had. I'm glad they gave another character, especially like a very powerful woman character, basically the same exact moment as Cap had. Yeah. In Infinity yeah, yeah, War. Yeah. Like that was a mirror moment of I'm just gonna use my Brute the strength force. of my being to stop you from being able to use this tool. Right. And and I think the other thing is if she's around, I don't think you see Hulk put on the gauntlet and make the snap to bring everybody back. Because Oh, she could just do it. She could survive. Right, which kinda is I guess is the bugaboo that they had to get rid of her for to have Tony have to do it. Yeah. Because if she's there, it it really doesn't make sense for anybody but her to do it. But we don't know how it would physically affect her. Because it seems if it can affect Thanos and the Hulk and all this, you'd think it would have some effect on her. But we don't know what. Um, But that brings me a good lean into my biggest problem with the movie was not time travel um mine was that tony is able to combine science and magic to make his own gauntlet that can wield the stones um twice he's able to do this um i don't know how i felt about that like it's still It, like they they didn't get into, and, and again I think this goes to Brian's idea that how long could they make the movie, but they didn't go into anything about him understanding the magic of how to do it. Yeah, because they had to go to uh, what's the name of that place? Nita Valir. Nita Valir. Yeah, that's the one. Um, to to <laughs> get 
Thanos had to get there to get that gauntlet made in the first place. Yeah, there was right? one place in the universe that could make this thing. And Tony manages to make something that can harness it twice. Um, he also figured out time travel. So <laughs> I'm just saying, if we buy that in that character, it's not that far. I'm away. saying three, four lines of dialogue could have helped us understand why he got to the magic point to understand how to do it. Sure. Um, sure. Granted. And, and I would have been fine then, but having no explanation for it whatsoever. Eh. I don't know about that. Um, but it does, at least, the one that Hulk puts on does look to not be anywhere near as stable as Thanos' gauntlet, as the Infinity Gauntlet. Um, maybe, that, yeah, maybe it's a very um, time-limited thing. Uh, receptacle. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely seemed like it. Like Thanos puts on the gauntlet, he harnesses the power through him, whatever, and the gauntlet seems stable. Bruce puts it on and it's still like going crazy the whole time. And I think I guess that is maybe a bit of Tony's misunderstanding of the magic that they're showing. So maybe it's a little forgivable. I don't know. But it led to yet another amazing moment with the whole I am Iron Man thing. I was completely alright with that. Yeah, I think I think going in, we did our predictions of who was going to die. I think I was I was pretty set on Cap having some sort of sacrificial play. Yep, I definitely. And then was. as we got into that third act, I still kind of thought that. And yep. then when it got closer and closer and closer, I could see where it was going with Tony. And then it made that much more sense to me that it had to be him since he's the one that started it all. He's the one capping this culmination of eleven years off. Yeah. And, and the well, call back to that first movie, all that stuff, yeah, yeah. It it hit hard. And when yeah. you're when you're watching the movie and you see Doctor Strange just extend that one yeah. finger, you're like, Oh, I know what's happening. Yep. Yeah, like yep. right then you know, like this is okay. Yep. It, Tony had to live because Tony had to sacrifice himself. Got it. Um yeah, that was just an awesome moment. And, but I, and I think if we go back, I did predict that Thor would go on, but I can't remember who I thought would die. I thought yeah. exactly, because, because all the typical feelings and rumors were the big three are done, so the moment that the three of them step out of the rug, the, the rubble of, of Avengers Complex, I'm like, okay, there, here we go. Like in the next yeah. ten yep. to fifteen minutes, something will be set up where all three of them, through some set of circumstances, are going out. That would have sucked. That was the perfect framing. <laughs> it would have, but I mean, it would have. Like, it, it, it almost like they were teasing us with how they were framing it. Of all the characters they had in play at that moment, they're like, "We're specifically going to take these three. They're the you know quote big three corners of the of the six of the main." And they're stepping out together for the first time. Really, just the three of them to you know to, f- to fight something together. Yeah. And I mean, I guess you could say they t- you know tried to do that with Ultron and whatnot, but just these three, no one else around in a, in a in a setting of desolation. Yeah. And I thought and I, they're literally setting it up, just t- just teeing it up, and it's just going to happen. Because I did think, even at least for a split second. Uh, that Thanos was going to put Stormbreaker through Thor's chest. Yeah, for oh, a moment there, was... you think it. Oh. Yeah. 
I feel like since, you know, since it, it would have been poetic justice that he did that to Thanos in Infinity War, Thanos gets the payback like that in Endgame, I could see the symmetry there working. Sure. I was worried for that moment. It, it was like, oh my oh, god, yeah. they're gonna make this happen. And thankfully it didn't. Uh, well, let me ask you guys this. Uh, out of the, the characters that survived the snap, we're left with a lot of like the OG characters. Do you think they got proper time in this movie? I felt like Widow and Hawkeye didn't. I felt like if they were going to kill her in this movie, she could have had a little bit more. Agreed. Okay. Which I guess they tried to... I don't know. This is big conjecture. Maybe they realized they weren't going to be able to do that or, or something. So like that's the... They basically elevate her in the beginning. Well, not in the beginning, but after they initially kill Thanos and there's the time jump. They basically have elevate her to the leader of the Avengers. Yes. Or the the, the leader of the remnants. Whatever resistance can still yeah. be provided to the to the galaxy. Yeah. So I'm going to reference that article again that I keep talking about. Um, they the writers had talked about it at that moment. I think they were originally had Hawkeye go. And I think they were they were shopping the script around to certain people just reading it over. And it got to, I can't remember who they named, but it was a female co-worker of theirs who read that part of the script and basically told them, don't you take that away from Widow. She, like, she's earned that. And then they started oh. rethinking it like, oh, okay, you know what? Maybe maybe that is her time. Yeah. And I, the reason that I, as that scene was playing out, the reason I thought, and someone else mentioned it, I think, that yeah, he's the family man, so they're not going to take him, but it it would be strange to show his loss, then his sacrifice, but then if they're successful, his family comes back. But he's right, dead. and he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Although in the end, like that it would have been a big final payoff from all that misdirection that we've all been talking about <laughs> for 4 years since Ultron <laughs> that he finally and then they kind of did it again. But you know, with Ultron, it was like, oh, now we learn he's a family man. Now we know he's the, you know, we understand he's the weakest among them, but he's still out there fighting his heart off. Um, but to, like, take that away from him now, I think would have been a weird juxtaposition. Yeah. Just just delay his inevitable until this moment. Yeah, I think, I'm glad that he made it till the end. Yeah. I'm glad he made it through. I agree. Um... Any surprises for you during the movie? I think we talked about a few, but anything else we didn't mention? I really loved, uh, and I was super surprised by the rather touching moment between Thor and his mother. I did not expect yes. to see Rene Russo oh, yeah. in this movie. Yeah, that was except one of my for favorites. maybe. Oh my god! Like when she when he when he thinks that she passed and she's like scares the shit out of him. <laughs> that was perfect. It was perfect. Which and, and see that and she's such a. One of those people that just, you know, always knows the absolute perfect thing to say to somebody to motivate them. You know, it, it's oh, awesome. That that whole sequence, I mean, when they sneak past Loki in his cell yeah. was hilarious. He's just there throwing the thing, like, you know. <laughs> tiptoe past. Yeah, like that, that was great. And the whole everything leading up to that and then having that be like that heartfelt ending to it yeah and then like right after he just sticks his hand out for Mjolnir and it has to she and she like explains like oh it takes a while sometimes 
Like it, it was, and I love how that, that was one of the more touching moments. I also though. love how she didn't even give a second thought to, to Rocket. Like she didn't even like bat an <laughs> eye. She was just like, "Yeah, all right, just a rabbit. <laughs> Get back here, rabbit." <laughs> that was something I had kind of like this weird issue with was that like all this time Thor and Odin and all them they can't figure out what the hell to do with the ether and Thor too the Avengers yeah. just give her give them something like oh yeah just poke Jane with this you'll be good <laughs> like oh okay as Guardians didn't have Stark tech <laughs> once again this is Stark understanding magic that just doesn't get explained Stark understands everything that's that's the rule of the MCU <sighs> guess i mean I, I feel like this is one of those moments where i would have rather that been reed richards who's dealt with weird shit well and, i mean di- you know didn't we, we get yeah we can't have that but didn't howard stark study the tesseract for how long so maybe in the stark archive there were ways to harness and or meld powers of infinity stones i'll buy it good enough but they didn't give us that, like you said, two or three lines to explain such thing. We're just left to assume. Um, yeah, there's certain things I think the movie just wants you to infer. Just to keep it moving. Um, I don't know about you guys. I was surprised that Thanos died in the first 15 minutes of the movie. That, yeah. I was, that was a quick shot. Yeah, I, yeah. Was, I was like, whoa, huh? Because <laughs> for the whole like second act of the movie, I'm kind of like, okay, who's going to show up now that Thanos is dead? Right. Like, who's yeah, going to be the big bad? The struggle I didn't think can't it was gonna just be him be again. About the stones, it's got to be some other force. Right. Right. I at the whole time I was thinking they're going time travel. It's going to be him in some way because we need something more satisfying and more thorough to. Oh yeah, for the fans. Defeat him. Yeah, like more fan service way of him right, going right. down. Uh, surprising um, thing for me, Cap had quite the potty mouth in this movie. <laughs> Did he swear? Again, that shows uh, character growth. Oh, yeah. nobody. Well, he I guess no one's mother with that. Mouth. No one's really around to maybe call him on it at certain times. But the the you know language callback would yeah. have been great. <laughs> that's what that's what I did. Kiss your mother with that mouth. Yeah. <laughs> the the fury line, like yeah, it's. I I feel like that would have been an awesome callback, but I feel like him blatantly doing it was enough of a reference to it. Yeah. Um. So be honest, how many times did you cry in the movie? Okay, so <laughs> the, the the hardest part was um Tony's first uh arc reactor going out on the bed of flowers. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. That 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 was that's tough. If you were holding it back till that point, that broke you. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. If you were it, holding it, it back till that point, you would. It made it difficult to see who was actually watching that happen. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't. It was like it was all blurry, and I was like, Fuck, "Who? There, there was someone standing there. I don't know who it was." <laughs> On your left, that 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 had to get a lot of people. When yeah. when Cap forces himself up and restraps yes. his shield and you see him as one like small man against this whole army <laughs> oh uh, and then you get the in his in his i was oh yeah yep i, I lost it there <laughs> see the fr- and he just cracked his pants yeah. again <laughs> the fr- um the widow hawkeye scene i lost yeah. it there 
that yeah. was so well done. It really when well she's done. hanging there and like pleading with him to let her go. Yeah. That was just this, If it had then, just been a jump even, off, I don't think it would have had that effect, you know. And then like, even yeah. when they get back from the time travel and he just drops oh to his God. knees. When you can see Bruce break. Yeah. Like that just yeah. yeah. Definitely. There was uh, and maybe it's overdone in stories at this point but as they're right before she lets go well she pushes herself off yeah uses her feet to push herself off um i i could see them writing a line but maybe they thought of it and took it out like i said maybe it's overused but their history as it has been introduced to us is hawkeye helped her be redeemed and helped her change her path etc so especially in the moment after like he you know she's he's only holding on to her by one wrist um he, he could have said something like you know come on help you know help me save you or something and she could have replied you already did once something like that again granted somewhat cheesy overused types of things she she kind of says something like that beforehand when they're talking anyways yeah, when, I think that's implied in their conversation when they're trying to decide who goes. Oh, yeah, I, I and, know it's and she, definitely a subtext. She she tells well, she tells him, like, or he's saying like, oh, the things I've done, you know, how could anybody look past that? And she just kind of looks at. Oh, him that's says, right. But it's like you, you did, you did, or something. That's true. And yeah, I, that's I feel true. like that's enough for me on that. Yeah, I in in that same moment, I was also, I don't say, um glad because like watching someone plummet to an eventual death that way is not the right word to use but (laughs) the fact like when she pushes off with her feet there's no slow-mo there's no hesitation like she lets go and they just they show her she just drops yeah she just goes like there's no stopping this it's fast it's it's gone we're not we we don't have a moment to dwell on it here's here's the shock she let go she's going down yeah i thought that was a good choice so what we've named three times that we've cried so far. <laughs> I I will yeah, I I that. cried like it got to me more the second time that I saw the movie than the first time, and I think it's because every moment I was never sure what like one individual thing was going to mean. Like even at the point where not until I like literally realized like oh this is this is the moment like Tony's about to die and three oh three three seconds later oh he's dead now. I wasn't positive what any one thing was ultimately going to become and what the rest of the scene was going to mean and who else was going to speak so i think i was so the holding second, back like a bracing for it yeah so the second um, time you saw it you knew what was happening i that... did but it actually impacted me more like i was right. able to like take it in more um so the it was funny the, the sam moment showing up didn't have that effect on me either either time because i think it was more of just like the triumphant like you know fist punch into the air reaction for me like oh shit (laughs) um it it wasn't much as yeah as much of the like romantic oh remember that line that we all love from that movie that's like the best (laughs) movie of them all um yeah so that one didn't get me but a lot of these other moments definitely i i i probably broke like either came in especially in the last like 45 minutes of the movie it's just a series of 
I'm yeah. tearing up and then I compose myself and then like and then, six minutes later I'm back again. So there's a lot of I think like for me smiling through tears yes. in the whole third act battle. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. the part that seems to wreck me like every time is when Peter comes back and has the moment with Tony. And he just like when he's finally revived and they get the hug. Yeah. Yeah. Because the he just cuts like, him Tony's off arc and... is like Peter is the reason he's doing this is to bring Peter back. Yeah. So when he finally gets peter there and they have their reunion like there's just i don't know that part kills me every time yeah i was a little bummed that cap didn't get not the final word but a final word with tony no that and i, I kind of get that arc I, versus the 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 tony peter relationship doesn't hit me as hard as i know that they have made it because it's i think it's because it's so new in relation yeah. to a lot of what else they laid down. So in that final, like the history between him and Cap and the resolution that had to come between the two of them to move on for this movie to even happen. In those final moments, like if it had stretched out just a little bit longer or like just before, like maybe Cap is the one who like runs over and helps him get, you know, into that seated position under, you know, the, the thing he took cover under. Like there's just something... Other than him, you know, standing there crying after he realizes he's dead. Yeah, I can see that. And I feel like, in terms of all the crying things, I feel like there's several things during that funeral that just creep up on you. Oh, like the happy, happy talking to his daughter? Oh, yeah. Cheeseburgers. Oh, I'll never look at cheeseburgers again. God. That broke me. Yeah. It, like, and you were I, already... Just like, you you had just composed yourself enough to keep watching, and then it was like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. From the time Tony goes through the funeral, I'm just a, I'm a mess the whole time. Oh, and the, the hologram of him saying, like, I love you 3,000. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what I mean. They just keep hitting you one thing after another after another, and it's just like, damn. <laughs> Did it take uh, anyone else, not like a whole long time, it took me probably a good three seconds, which felt long as it was happening, about three full seconds on the cheeseburger line to connect the dots. No. And what, and like, it wasn't immediate, but after just those couple of paused moments and it hit me, I'm like, oh, oh, they <laughs> did that. As soon as she said cheeseburgers, I was just like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I think because I wasn't as used to seeing this character, I'm like, uh, oh, cheeseburgers, okay. Oh, she's Tony's kid. She's talking to Happy, happy cheese. Oh! <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think if I got anything else to address. Uh, biggest crowd reactions. We talked about, like, uh, Cap wielding the hammer. The the, the women assemble. I, I, I mean, Avengers assemble. That line yes, gets a whole shit ton of cheer, That too. was another cry for me moment. That was, like, that put tears in my eyes finally getting it to happen. I, I feel like I would have preferred it not to have been through gritted teeth, though. Like he should have, would have he, like he would have shouted, shouted it, it to all them? forward, or, like, yeah. Charging. Instead of like Avengers, then he's like Assemble, like that. Like it was kind of like, <laughs> yeah. I actually, I think. Go ahead. No, I just think I think on the first viewing, I think I expected something louder like that, Andy. Right. But on repeat viewings, I think that just determined like I'm ready to kick some fucking ass. <laughs> Assemble. Okay. That that hits pretty hard. It was actually um, the Avengers part of that, as he says, like, because they're still panning across the group. And I think the 
music is still rising a bit much because they want that silent hit for the word assemble. Yeah. And I actually wish the word Avengers had been more pronounced just for the whole thing. I don't know. It, it, I, I, I caught it better on, on the second viewing, but on the first one, I only kind of put together as he was saying assemble. I'm like, oh, that's what that word was that I couldn't really hear. Um, for for uh, every time I've been in the theater, this is, I think, other than Cap getting Mjolnir, I, and this is going to be weird, but I feel like this is the most consistent crowd reaction I've seen is Luis's van honking (laughs) (laughs) has gotten an eruption out of the crowd every time. And I think part of it is people hoping that Luis is somehow there because they Ah. relate that with him. And then when it goes and it's like, oh, wait, it's just the wrecked van. (laughs) And you're like, oh, where's Luis? (laughs) But at the same time, it still gets that like laugh out of it. Could just be that there's at that time of the battle, there's not a lot of funny stuff going on. So you need some levity. True. But it, it, and it puts that there. Yeah. Um, the other one that gets it every time is the Spider-Man arriving back into yeah. life. Um, everybody cheers but, for that. I actually have a question about that. Uh, so he seemed to recall the snap. Yes. Do they all recall like turning into dust? Like that? That that was unexpected for me. I would say that's fairly safe to I, say. I I, I kind of just assumed that they'd be like, "Well, what happened?" Like, that's what why, I thought. Why, yeah, and then he's like, and then I sort of started start, sort of fading away. I was like, "Wait a minute, he remembers that?" <laughs> like, it, I sort of like you know, it kind of tweaked my head a little bit when when that happened. Anybody else have that reaction? Yeah, I was I was not expecting that. I mean, I get yeah. I guess I just kind of assumed they sort of remembered, especially like Peter, because he was the one that kind of hung around the longest at that point. Not some like he seemed to he seemed to feel it coming on before everybody else, and sort of kept it at bay for a little bit longer. And so, if anybody could feel it or, or remember what happened, I feel like he could. And that that that's another break you moment when he's talking to Tony at the end, and he's giving him almost the same thing that he gave him when he died. The, yeah. the Mr. Stark, Mr. Stark, and he, you know, he's not understanding, and he's, it, that was rough yet again. Um, go ahead, sorry. Uh, I don't think I have any more, I think I touched on all the ones that I had seen, or that, you know, that happened in my screenings. I'm trying to remember, I can't remember anymore. Um, so I think we talked on, touched on it earlier about, like, uh, Cap giving the shield to Sam. Now we've got Falcon and Winter Soldier series has been announced for Disney Plus. Are we going to see Cap and Winter Soldier, like Sam as Cap and Winter Soldier, in the series? Do you think that'll happen, or you think they'll do like a Captain America four movie, but it'll be Sam? I feel like both, and I feel like the 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 TV show may be their market test for Falcon with the shield and being Captain America, and if it goes well green light a movie i don't know that you'll get a solo captain america movie from now on but he will definitely be included in any further avengers movies okay gotcha. yeah and probably take a fair bit of solo time in said culmination movie yeah 
Um, and it, it's a question I, I sort of talked about earlier, but where do we think they go from here? What, what can we expect maybe from the MCU or do you think they can top this movie moving forward? Um, I feel like I'm, the bar is pretty fucking high. I'm going to go back real quick to the Falcon getting the shield thing. Cause there is one thing I wanted to note that they did that was really fucking good is they have Bucky not once, but twice give Sam the go ahead as in like almost like Sebastian Stan is saying to Anthony Mackie, no, it's going to be you. Um, you know, cause like even when he first picks up the shield, he looks back again to Bucky and Bucky just kind of nods and it like a nod of approval to him, to that happening, you know? Yeah. Like, and I feel like that was, cause I mean, like even going into this, it makes most sense for it to go to Sam, but there was still some speculation as to what may happen. But does one of them get the shield who gets the shield? So seeing like that affirmation from the one who didn't get it is pretty awesome. It's also awesome to see how, how far winter soldier has come since going to Wakanda. Yeah. Because that, that is, that would have been atypical for him in the past. Right. Yeah, everybody's everybody's had their arc, which is good. Um, so yeah, back to back to my question: Where do we think you, we go from here? What can we maybe expect? Or I, like, I don't know. I don't even know if we can theorize because there's so much unknown about what's coming next that it seems like it's gonna like I don't know. To me, there's no way to touch this movie right now, and I don't know what what the hell they could do in the future to to get close to this. Yeah, I mean, other than knowing that we're getting what we're getting as far as the TV shows to come and the movies that have been officially confirmed. I have no clue where they go from here. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't give any good. After, after Captain Marvel, I, I would have theorized that they were going to probably do a secret wars, but they didn't allude to that at all in this. So I'm kind of on the fence about that now. So yeah, I'd like to see secret invasion happen. Secret Invasion. Sorry, um, I think I called it Secret Wars, but yeah, I, well, that's I, I'd that's go for either I was gonna of those. Bring up too, because I think a lot of people have asked the Russos, like, would you ever come back to a Marvel movie? And they're like, no, we're taking a break, we're doing this thing. But they've been in interviews saying the one thing that would bring them back is a Secret Wars movie. Oh my god! So Please. if they if <laughs> they take a break for a while, do their own thing, and lead these other Avengers movies towards a Secret Wars storyline, that could be for me what what tops this one. Secret Wars, yeah. <laughs> That could that, that has the potential. Um, all right, so I don't think I have any other questions. Mike, did you have any? You had something else you want to go over? I had a list I made up of all the throwbacks I could think of um, that they put in this movie to past films is kind of like I said at the beginning, their love letter to the fans. Um, and I'm just going to list them real quick. Uh, I'll skip quickly over the ones we've already talked about and putting them in the list. Um, but uh, the first one on my list is that Wasp actually calls Cap Cap, which is a nice little touch to her giving Scott shit for calling him Cap yeah. in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, then I have On Your Left, which is obvious. Uh, the She Has Help line is a callback to Infinity War. Um, 
the the moment on the battlefield when Okoye, Black Widow, and Scarlet Witch ah, uh, yeah. take on Proxima yeah. and like the all women battle there and like, oh, yeah. she's not alone. Um they call back to Ragnarok when uh Thor claims that he is the strongest Avenger yeah. and thus should put on the gauntlet uh before they back him off quite uh appropriately. Uh the I am Iron Man moment, of course, that's that's going down in movie history, I think, right there is again him saying that twice, I think, will be extremely memorable moments in movie history for the same line. Um Quill dancing around like an idiot uh <laughs> on Morag was fantastic. I love them watching. Um, the him. fact that it's undercut by just a swift smack to the face from War Machine. Yeah. In <laughs> yeah. just the moment between them when he's like, oh, so he's an idiot. idiot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's so great. Um, the moment in the battle where, where Brooklyn helps Queens. Yeah. Th- that was so perfect. That that callback to me was might be my favorite in the movie in terms of doing that um shortly after that you get the instant kill mode that was good um because i forgot about that entirely that was awesome i love that the eyes turned like black and red yeah uh during instant kill mode um in new york loki changes into cap again like he did in dark world uh that was fun um i have the van honking uh harley keener being at the funeral Yes, um, a quick question on that. A did, big any, throw in. did anyone else realize that's who that was the first time? Like Honestly, he's grown no. up so much. Honestly, it looked like Andrew Garfield for me, but I was crying at the time, so I couldn't <laughs> fucking tell who the hell that was. <laughs> and I I'm like, why like, the I, fuck is alternate Spider-Man <laughs> at the funeral? <laughs> at first, I thought it was Peter with like just some like I'm like like funeral crying hair or something because I had forgotten that they already showed him and Aunt May and it like went by I'm like who the hell is that that same thing it, 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 I, see, I love Iron Man three as I've said many times I mm-hmm. I, I did recognize him but it was like was that the same actor he looks different yeah, yeah. same okay. same kid from Iron Man three and it's he, been he's just like a teenager years. now and not a kid yeah because you think Iron Man three had to have been twenty thirteen yeah. yeah. So, six years later for that kid, yeah. Yeah, he he went from being like ten to being sixteen, so it shows. But yeah, first first viewing, I did not know. I think I turned to Eric and was like, "Who the fuck was that kid?" Yeah. But second second viewing, I think I I figured it out. I I had to look it up because I could not. I mean, I I looked it up in between my two viewings. I don't even know if the second time second time around, I might have thought to look for the credits. I don't even know if he's credited because he didn't have a line, so I'm not sure. Right. Um. After that on my list, I got cheeseburgers. Of course, that's obviously uh, proof that Tony Stark has a heart. Yeah. It was great. Cat picking up Mjolnir and Thor screaming out that he knew it. Um, Thor went for the head. That was kind of nice. The I can do this all day thing is a throwback to how many movies. <laughs> um, and then I'm going to go to... Cap and Peggy's song being the same one. Uh, it's, the, you know, it's the same song they would have danced to. Uh, and then going back to the line from First Avenger again with Cap taking all the stupid with him. Uh, yeah. That was 
uh, at the very end, um, Bucky says to him, he, he says, like, don't do anything stupid right, without right. me. He says, how can I? You're taking all the stupid with you. It's it's reversed. In the oh, the, of the first, first Avenger. Avenger Captain. I, I, I took that as the first Avengers movie. Oh, but okay. I get you. No, I get you. In the first Cap movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that line is said when Bucky's going off to war. Right, right. Um, and the final thing I, the final note that I had on this was, I think I made mention of them doing this in Far From Home, uh, because supposedly that was going to be the last time we saw Stan Lee. Yeah. Uh, but this was, and sure enough, they put enough said right on the. Bumper I, sticker. I remember you saying that in a, a previous episode, and when I saw that, I I thought directly of you. And that actually, that drew tears for me, even though it was a ridiculous scene for him being, you know, <laughs> like, make love, not war. That that was funny, but seeing enough said on the bumper sticker got me. So, but that that was everything I had, as far as that list goes. If you guys, like, there's other ones, I think, that we made mention of, but I, I, I didn't include there on the last reading because we talked about it a lot. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Uh, you guys got any final thoughts? Do we want to do like a, a quick rating out of ten? Uh, for me, nine point eight. There was <laughs> regardless of what I could debate or say, like, well, I don't know if that quite made sense with the time travel rules. Overall, like, there's nothing about this movie that I am ever not going to enjoy. Yeah. So the point two that you're leaving as a cushion from a ten is the time travel stuff? Maybe not even anything specific to attribute it to, but I think, like, once you once you award anything as the best possible of whatever could be, then you never leave yourself any wiggle room to say that you, you know, found something better at any point in the future. So, just the democratic process, I guess, of leaving myself room to say this is maybe not the best movie I will ever see before the day I die. I mean, you could have you could have a couple movies tied for the best movie you've ever seen. Possibly. But I'm going to segment it that much. <laughs> um, Andy, you got a rating? Uh, I'd have to give it a 10. Nice. Uh, do you want to give any details as to why? Uh, I feel like <laughs> it had so many callbacks and, and it, it pretty much gave you the entire circle of, of emotions multiple times. It was, it was a roller coaster, roller coaster yeah, ride. For I mean, sure. it gave you everything. It gave you humor. It gave you, you know, meaning, you know, sadness, uh, just joy, just. Everything. It was exhilarating. It was, you know, momentous. I just can't say enough about it. Mike? Um, since we're going with, like, odd points and not just half points, uh, I'll go 9.4. Okay. My only detractions from the movie is that I still genuinely don't enjoy this version of the Hulk. Um... I think that's just personal preference. I uh, didn't like it in the comics when they did it either. Um, don't like it as much here. Um, Ragnarok Hulk to me was perfect. 
that, that that's gotcha. my favorite form of the Hulk that they've done and maybe ever. Um, yeah. And then the whole time travel stuff is a detraction for me that it just doesn't, it's not explained well enough to make definitive sense as to what is what. Uh, that, that holds it back from being a 10 for me. Those two things. So I think time travel inconsistencies aside and the fact that that breaks my brain, the the story I feel like gave me everything I wanted to see from this movie, so I'm giving it a 10. That's I think, fair. I think, I think episode 9 has a, a high bar to beat this year. Indeed it does. So I'm, I'm hoping episode 9 comes out as a 10 for me as well. But right now I think, I again, I've seen it three times. I did them all back to back, like within three days. I've seen it three times. I still absolutely love it. I would gladly go see it again for anyone that tells me they haven't seen it yet and just need an excuse to go. I am there. And yeah, I'm, I can, I guess, easily overlook the little inconsistencies that I can argue about and dive down the rabbit hole on the time travel and all that crap. But it moves the story along the time travel section. That second act of the movie is one of my favorite things ever in the MCU. The third act of battle obviously tops any other battle we've ever seen and has some fucking amazing memorable moments in it. And yeah, it's the it's the everything I wanted from the culmination of the MCU up to this point. So yeah, it hit it hit hit a lot. Of, like Andy said, it's the roller coaster of emotions for me that I think it, it's going to be hard to top for other Marvel movies. I don't th- I don't know if I'm going to get another one that's going to make me feel this way anytime soon. So that's where I'm at. You're making me really question nine point four. <laughs> <laughs> You're making it such a good case for it. All right, so nine point four three. Hey, we're getting to specifics. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of curious actually what our ratings were of some of our other favorite Marvel movies. Like I feel like Mike has maybe rated other Marvel movies higher than the one that he just rated now. <laughs> I probably have. I actually made a list after this of my total rankings. This came third. Oh, behind Winter Soldier and. No, actually, behind Infinity War and Guardians One. Okay. Hmm. See, that's the thing for me. I I would rate this a ten. I don't know what I gave Winter Soldier when we did it. I still feel like Winter Soldier might be my favorite Marvel movie. There's just something about that tone in that movie. But this is definitely up there for me. Oh yeah, it's a, it's up there. Like it, it. This is my thing. When I rate a film on these scales, is I'm looking at it like critically. If I just went, how much do I enjoy myself? Every time I come out of one of these movies, it'd be a 10. Like, I I, I, I come right out, and it's just like I'm, I'm in love with the movie, and I want to watch it over and over and over again. So I try to look at it as critically as possible. Yeah, I will admit my review currently is more emotional than critical. Like, most of these times I nitpick at a lot of these, these story beats and plot holes and stuff that irritate me, but... the some about the way this movie works that I I will forgive that. This might be one of the exceptions, but I w- I will let this one slide. Um, any final thoughts from anybody for this one? Or I'm closing it down. Just amazing. Nothing. Enough said. All right. <laughs> yeah, enough said. Yeah. There we go. Uh, all right. So if you've enjoyed the show, please stop by iTunes. You can leave us a five star rating and review. Be sure to share, subscribe, favorite the show. Uh, as always, you can find us on Facebook, search Bry Guy and his super friends, or go to facebook.com slash Superfriends. Uh, you can send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions, any of that stuff there. Uh, you can attempt to email, I probably won't check it, Superfriends at gmail.com, 
or you can tweet us at BG Super Friends on Twitter. That we will see. And on behalf of Andy, Josh, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time.